0: Trust the junkie from Boston.
1: You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region Seven, it's bowl after bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer.
2: How you doing, Bowler?
1: Forget it, Bowler.
0: sound. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. Listen to
3: it. I mean, yes.
2: Take you a nap. Thank you, darling. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. You
3: love it. All kinds of weird shit. Just about every kind of weird shit you can imagine. And I'll pack neatly into one little bowl every Tuesday night, just like this one. Hope you're feeling all right. This is July 11th, 2023, and you're here in the bowl, listening to Bowl After Bowl, episode 255. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City.
4: And I'm Dame DeLorean. Welcome. You're a bowler, because you're here hanging out with us.
3: That's right. If you can hear the sounds of my voice, that makes you a bowler. Welcome Ah. aboard, bowler.
4: Yes, thusly a bowler.
5: Yeah. Bowler, you're free to go.
3: Free to go, free to stay, free to come as you may. That's what it's all about, freedom, right? Value for value. That's what we love, that's what we live. And uh, we're glad you're here living with us. Even if it's uh, around the outside... Maybe you're new to the spot. Maybe you've been here a long time and you're becoming a mooch. Who knows? Who cares? What counts is you're a bowler. And uh, we love you for that. We love you for that. Oh, man. I feel like uh, I didn't get anything done that I wanted to in my break week, but mm. that I also got like a lot of other stuff I didn't plan on getting done. done. Yeah. What's up with that?
4: Life. seems to be the way life goes.
3: It's just... Uh...
4: You can have it high up on your to-do list, but damn it, life knows what it wants you to get done.
3: I think that's part of it. I think that's a huge chunk. Because how else do you explain it, man? How else do we explain it to you? I don't really understand it, but uh, what we did get done was an impossible bed building.
4: Oh, yeah, that was fun. Kept it off
3: last night. Oh, my God. So, look, I understand that there is a um, market there. For people to kind of order the service for Ikea to come put your crappy furniture together for you. (laughs) And I still think you're a total loser for paying for that service and paying even more. But I get it. I understand it.
4: Building cheap shit is frustrating.
3: It makes you want to break everything in your house. Including the thing you're trying to put together. Especially the thing you're trying to put together, I I would argue.
4: But we got it, despite missing parts.
3: Missing parts, man. This is the first time I've ever had an IKEA package open up, and uh, 12 bolts not in there.
4: Yeah, big oof. I also would like to say we don't go to or purchase from IKEA very often. If ever. Thank goodness. a few times. Yes, this is our second furniture purchase that I can think of from that creepy place that does not let you get out. Without purchasing.
3: It's like a, a labyrinth in there.
4: It's like a rat maze and there's no exit. You're just doomed to keep <laughs> circling back. And then you try to walk out through the cashier and they're like, you can't go this way. You're not buying anything. Okay, well then show me how to leave. Well, why are you trying to leave? You're not buying anything. You're going to buy something. Didn't you see our cute shit for 150 and $250? you have got 250 on you, don't you? Fuck off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ikea is the absolute worst and I always hate going there. The other thing I hate about Ikea, and I don't know what it is, if it's some weird pheromones in the warehouse or what, but when you get to that outdoor section near the exit beyond the warehouse, instant horny. (laughs) I don't know what it is. It's so weird. I just see the lawn furniture and I'm like, oh yeah, lay me down. (laughs) Have a barbecue. Oh
3: man. That's funny.
4: Uh, Okay, so that's my Ikea rant. Okay. But yeah, our oldest daughter sleeps in the top bunk of this wooden bunk bed we've had for quite a while. It was a basically thrift score. Got it super cheap. But she has a huge overactive imagination and is the only one of our kids with night terrors. And so she stays up flipping through books and stuff till like 1, 2 in the morning every night. And part of her anxiousness makes her chew on things. Anxious isn't really the right word. Yeah, But just like you know, being up at night, the only one awake in the house or whatever, in her room at least, and uh, she starts chewing on things, and so she had been chewing the wood on this bunk bed, and I just decided we had to get rid of it, because that's gross. Yes. And you can't mess up your teeth chewing on wood like a rabbit.
3: Well, uh, it's funny because I used to do the same damn thing. (laughs) That's gross. My (laughs) original And what did your parents say? Uh, Did you not let them
4: find out? I
3: don't think so. I'm I'm not sure.
4: Her mistake was inviting me up into her her top bunk one night, and then I saw it. And then she realized that I saw it, and she didn't know how to cover it up either. She was just like, oh. Doof. Yeah. I'm like, you can't be doing that. We're going to have a problem if you keep doing that. And we did have a problem. (laughs) There were
3: problems involved, yeah.
4: So it didn't stop. That was the problem. So the solution was to get a metal bed frame. Chew on that. Yeah. You can't. Can't do it. So the kids help pick out their bed. And it's great because it's a lower bunk. So she doesn't have to worry about hitting her head on the ceiling fan anymore, which was a thing that happened occasionally. And there's also a trundle on the bottom. So we got three beds in one bed space.
3: Yeah, the efficiency is nice.
4: Yeah, and that's what you get at IKEA.
3: The quality can be lacking, but damn, there's efficiency.
4: IKEA tailors... For those who own nothing, but remain happy.
3: Yeah, I think that's uh <laughs> it's, it's, pleb world, man. Yeah. Any plebier and you'd be renting the shit.
4: <laughs> oh. Yeah. No deposits uh, if your kids chew on it. Yeah. So, we started building it, and, oh my gosh, well, you had, you had fun, Sunday night, I heard you playing games
3: We were playing some jackpots with the lads Yeah And lasses
4: Our kids were awake, so I was, you know, finishing up dinner stuff with them And doing bedtime prep And also, you had promised that that bunk bed was going to get put together So everyone was waiting Mm. for the new move into the bunk bed
3: I said I was going to play a little jackpots and then build the bunk bed, yeah And that's kind of what happened uh
4: well you came back up.
3: Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra hosted a, a rowdy little session of Jackbox again and Again. Uh, there were more attendees this time.
4: Yeah, I hope this cool. is a regular thing cuz I want to get in on it.
3: Booberry uh yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty regular thing. Boobery cool. found this new platform Komi uh, co- Sama, Kosimama? Mama, Komi something. I can't remember the name of it right now.
4: At least you tried.
3: Gold star sticker you tried, uh, but uh, basically you know just like a another Zoom type platform where everybody can get on, but then we can all see the uh, screen share of the game being played, and then uh, yeah, little eight player multiplayer games where you're just kind of choosing prompts that have to do with uh, either coming or conk, basically. At least that's how this session went, and yeah, a winner is determined eventually. I even won a round this time. How do you like that?
4: Congrats!
3: Thank you. Felt fun. Felt nice.
4: Here's another gold sticker for you.
3: Net Ned knows. Ned Ned uh, was in the uh, in the Jackbox. He's in the bowl right now. Yeah, we had lavish and private browsing. We had uh, oh gosh. Once you start, why are you listing? Once you start listing, then you get fucking in trouble. Um,
4: okay. Well, anyway. You know. So you came upstairs after that, and we tried to put together the bunk bed.
3: We had a cotton gin.
4: Cotton gin! Oh, I have a cotton gin ISO for cotton gin. Oh my God, do you? They're not on me right now, but okay. I will get it. We got the frame of the bunk bed put together, and then um, Sam was sleeping in his pack and play in the room, so we were moving it slowly into the room, like, you know, piece by piece as we were putting these things together. And so then we're up there trying to quietly get it all the way together and it was standing like the frame but those pieces where it's like the bars that hold the kit in up top yeah you know the bottom screws for that that's when we realized pieces were missing mm-hmm. so we looked through the lego instructions that come with it because it's just like doing legos you know
0: it's a lot
3: like Excuse doing me. legos lego lego pl- pl- thank you
4: yeah always lego no matter how many lego there are so we were uh yeah we're like shoot we're missing something guess that bed's not getting put together tonight and you had to go back to the ikea for the missing pieces but the, this is such a common problem they just have pieces in boxes that you can go and grab
3: yeah when you're standing there there's a big filing cabinet of replacement or spare parts and i think a lot of it is just the shit that breaks the, uh, most often because there's a lot of those like plastic wheels in there uh. that you'll see on the bottom of like, uh, I don't know, filing cabinets. Not quite office chair, but like smaller than that plastic wheels, you know.
4: I was going to say, I'm happy to report we don't have any of those plastic oh, circles a, on this bunk bed. It's pick. just a mistake. Yeah.
3: But they also had luckily a box full of those damn bolts that I needed because I didn't know this cabinet existed. I just stood in the the line. And then they looked back in the warehouse, and they were like, oh, that part's too new. We don't have it. But you can check this cabinet. And luckily, there was a big box of them. Oh, my God.
4: Nice. And you grabbed just the right amount.
3: I needed, I grabbed exactly as many as I needed to finish <laughs> the thing, which I should have grabbed extra, because there was one point where I lost just one of them.
4: You misplaced it, but we found it. I
3: put it back in the wrong bag, and then yeah, we ended up finding it. But God, it, it uh, had me a little bit triggered there for about half a second.
4: Your Ikea run was a solo mission with Asina and John. So it's not solo. Right. But you took two of the kids. And I had to hang back because this was Monday. And Rayla, our oldest, got very sick. And that's been my life for the past two days. Just sick kids. Because now it's going around. So Rayla had a turn getting sick Monday. And Asina and John went out with you. Then today, Rayla feels better, but Asina is sick.
3: Can't wait for my turn.
4: John is starting to get sick, but holding it at bay. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun, you know? There's a huge mucus buildup, (laughs) and then vomiting of the mucus, and uh, tummy ache, and inflammation of the face and joints. Like Rayla was saying, her elbows hurt. Asina was saying, her knees hurt. Just lovely, but for Ray, it only lasted 24 hours, so...
3: Fingers crossed.
4: Yeah, fingers crossed that it keeps going this way.
3: The best part of that whole trip is I got a new smoker.
4: You did! I still
3: need to put it together, but it's now on the premises.
4: And it's better than the one we were eyeing. I knew you were going to get that smoker, because you sent me a picture of it when you were out with no context. Just a picture of a smoker. And I was like, oh, this must be a good one. So what kind of smoker is this? Tell me about the smoker you bought. So
3: it's a big uh, reverse flow smoker, which means that you build the fire on the right side of the smoker. The smoke flows underneath the cooking chamber to the left side. Then it comes up and cooks from the left side. So you get kind of this cooling and smoking build period between your actual firebox and your smoker. So you can build a hotter fire and... uh, make a more consistent temperature within within your cooking chamber that way it's also got a really sick uh fire box. so it actually comes with a box inside of there that you can build the fire up vertically into which i could have just bought one uh they sell those like that you can just add to your firebox but the oklahoma joes i was using just had a grate in it Yeah. That I was building a fire on top of, and the higher you build it, it kind of like spills over and spreads out. You can't really build a tall, hot, concentrated fire without one of these firebox things that contains it all. So I got that. There's a slide out bottom ash catcher that you can actually dump the ashes out every time.
4: Oh, that's fancy.
3: Improving your flow. It's always better to start with, you know, an empty firebox, but when you've got to get a shovel and scoop all the damn ashes out every single time, sometimes you're just like, hmm.
4: That blows. We could
3: get another fire going. Anyway.
4: What brand is the smoker?
3: You know, I wish I could remember.
4: That net, net, net asked. I can tell you.
3: I wish I could remember. You can, yeah. because you, you
4: filibuster for a you minute. You texted
3: me the correct one when you were like, is it this one? And I was like, yeah, that's the one.
4: Yeah, because you had no context at all. So I was looking for context clues in the picture you sent me. Uh. And I did finally figure it out. There it is. Um, Oakford. 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 Yeah, that's right. There's a word before it. Next grill Oakford. Any X grill. (laughs) Next grill dog. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly.
4: So, yeah, you brought that home. There was a party city closing and John fell in love with a hat. He did. A cat in the hat. Hat. He's been wearing that since we bought it. It's already, it's got Popsicle juice stains all over the brim. (sighs) Because he touches everything and then touches the hat and then puts the hat on everyone else. Takes it off,
3: puts it on, takes it off, puts it on.
4: Yeah. He loves hats, though.
3: The hat falls off, he gets upset, puts it back on.
4: He's gonna be a hat man. No doubt. He's already a hat man. He is. He is. The mad hatter. And then, we finish putting the bunk bed together. Hooray. Yeah. And you didn't kill me. Tube, you didn't murder me. Two day
3: project. No one was no one was murdered or even injured.
4: Yeah, actually, no injuries. That's right. Yeah. Well, I hurt myself taking the old crib out of the bedroom, which oh yeah, I was doing that when you were playing Jackbox. Good work. That one of the pieces of wood splintered and went right under my fingernail, all the way to the base of the fingernail on the side, and then I pulled it and it came out. Out the side of my fingernail So that's ripped open It's much better today but Yuck I made a sound for sure I said a profanity for sure When that happened And then like Was like oops I shouldn't have swore But boy the blood you know It was just gross Blood The kids were like are you okay I was like yeah I'm totally fine Look at this blood I'm pretty fucking <laughs> far from okay uh,
3: Nobody no. makes me bleed my own blood
4: It was good I told the kids, you were laying under the bottom bunk when we put those slats in to put the mattress on top. And then the kids came in and I was like, so dad's going to live under your bed now. And they all were convinced that you couldn't get out from there. I
3: wasn't, I wasn't convinced that I could get out. I was just kind of trying to quiet my mind and yeah. finish the task at hand because it was like too close to the finish line. I'm under there under the bottom bunk. These slats, when you were sitting...
4: Well, I put a mattress down and laid on a mattress on top of you. (laughs) When
3: you were on top, the wood slats were laying on top of my chest, and I was just like, ooh. like I'm not super claustrophobic, but that's through years of mindfulness practice to not be, you know?
4: Definitely. I still
3: don't enjoy being in a closed, confined space, but if I just flex my... Mind, you know You gotta just clench the mind butthole (laughs) And you clench And you can handle it And you're just like, you know what? Shut up
4: Yeah Clench the butthole of the mind (laughs) Well You didn't say anything like Can't breathe or whatever But you could've And I would've gotten off
3: Yeah, but that would've taken longer To put the bed together
4: Yeah, fair enough We banged it out pretty fast Yeah Yes Yes, indeed. And the kids are already having a great time. I mean, Ray was sick that first night, so you carried her sleeping body up to the bunk bed because she fell asleep in the living room on the rocking chair. Right. So she got the bottom bunk in case she had to get up and throw up again. Mm -hmm. And then tonight it's the opposite where Sina's on the bottom bunk.
0: Mm.
4: And Ray's like, yeah, I get top bunk and I'm not sick. Wow. So... They're going to be fighting over the top bunk because I know Asena had a grand time up there last night.
3: Yeah, she was very excited about the top bunk. It makes me sad that she doesn't get it again.
4: I think they're going to take turns. That's fair. Yeah, they both decorated it today together.
3: Decorated it.
4: Yeah, the top and bottom with their stuffed animals. Okay. They organized all their stuffed animals and. See,
3: you're giving me flashbacks to the last bed they got decorated with permanent markers. Not and with shit. permanent
4: marker, but tooth I marks. Wanted to mention that I am planning on sewing covers for the rails because there's, like, a cloth piece. Right. The thing that holds you in is cloth, and I know that that's going to get drawn on, so I'm going to cover it before that happens so that I can just take the covers off if we have guests, and it'll look brand new. Good call. Yes.
3: Oh, man. Yeah, this is the the week of, like, there's so many implementation items on my list that I just didn't get done. Booberry sent us a beautiful... Uh, Gif.
4: Oh, it's so lovely. That lit art.
3: Mm -hmm, That we can uh, light the live tag up with when we are lit. Uh, I wanted to do that. I haven't got around to, and I know it's just plugging the damn link into the tag. It's not like it takes a long time, but you have to like think of it. And do it. During a time that you have access to your machine and you're thinking about it and you don't have other things to catch up on. And, uh. It slipped my mind until tonight as I'm prepping the show. And, you know, we already had a late start. So,
4: well, the great news is that we have a bowls with buds this week. And I think we can get that done before the bowls with buds. I think you're right.
3: I think that uh, I, we can try that multi track recording too.
4: Ooh. Between
3: now and then, give that a test. Uh, work on all that tomorrow evening and then be ready for Thursday because we're having the return of Mr. Cold Acid.
4: Yes, the coldest of acids. That's right. Back in the bowl.
3: Sir Harvard is going to be joining us, and uh, last time we talked to him, it was episode 128, and as part of that episode of our conversation, thankfully you remembered, because I am very bad at remembering things, but we talked about, hey, uh, now I have to be back on for 256, because this is 128, no, I need 256, a little bit of a bit joke, a little bit of a joke, uh, so we said, hell yeah, so we're going to get him on, it's going to be episode 256, and it's only right... That Cold Acid joins us again. Uh we have been a little thin lately just in the near past with uh bowls with buds. Of course the last one we did was out there live in Uranus. Yeah. And
4: uh we're fully recovered now. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we
3: we finally got the chance to sleep it all the way off. And uh so I've got three lined up for you in a row. It's going to be fantastic.
4: Hell yeah. Uh,
3: just for teaseries. It's cold acid this week. And then next week, we'll be sitting down with Sir Paul the Book Guy once again. All right. And then uh, joining us for 460, once again, will be Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra. Woohoo! And then uh, we may be on a big three-week vacation. Who knows what we can figure out during that or not figure out during that? But that's well, the thing with the bowls with buds, man. They are sprinkled throughout.
4: Yeah, they're a treat.
3: Exactly. <laughs> Not even we know when they're going to come up until we find out. Just like y'all. Just like y'all. Speaking of y'all, we appreciate y'all because you help keep the show going. And we always like to thank people up front for the value they contribute to the bowl week after week, bowl after bowl, Tuesday after Tuesday, and during all these uh, fun, special little bowls with buds interviews. And even the in-person stuff that we mess around with every once in a while. It's all value. It's all value. And... uh the treasure part of that, we always thank people by name up front. We learned from the OGs, Adam and John over at No Agenda, and uh, we just kind of propagate the formula as well. It all really comes down to what we call the first rule of being a smoker.
5: The first rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time.
3: So all we do is ask. You listen to the show, you like the show, you enjoy the show for some reason, That reason is tied to the value that it brings to your life, whether it's entertainment value or, you know, passing the time, relaxing a funny story, informing you on the different updates in cannabis legislation across the United States and the uh, world sometimes even. Or if it just comes right down to uh, being plugged into the bowler community and having a place to call home on Tuesday nights. All of that uh, translates into some value, and all we ask is you think about, what's that worth to you? When are you paying Amazon for a subscription? when are you go, paying to go to a movie? What are you paying uh, to see a concert? All of these things are value, and uh, compare that to what the bull brings you. Send it in. Send it in. Not only uh, do we accept the PayPal donations and the Bitcoin payments, but all kinds of different ways to chip in, which we'll talk about after we thank people directly, because we did get a PayPal hit. In fact... This thing came in right under the wire on the 4th, and we just didn't see it right before, or actually it looks like during the show.
4: Oh, yeah. That orchestral music breaking in, by the way, was none other than Spider-Man. Oh, (laughs) Spider-Man last week. On our 4th, yes, when we were up at your dad's house.
3: You did say the uh, unidentified orchestral music from the movie. Yeah, that makes sense why it was so damn loud. Uh, Yes, we did have a $10 donation come in. From Vox.
4: Oh, thank you, Vox.
3: Appreciate you, Vox. She said, happy independence.
4: Yes, happy independence.
3: And we were happy with our independence indeed.
4: Doing the damn thing. Decentralized. That's right.
3: And that was the one uh, PayPal that came through over the last week. If you are still on the PayPal train, you can always go to bullafterbull.com, scroll down to the bottom of any page, and there's a little PayPal button with which you can uh, send a one-time uh, Nation, or a recurring monthly one And like we say That's uh, where the server bills come Directly out of so it keeps the line node Running it keeps the web Host hosted
4: yeah, How we updated our dedicated wham
3: That's right we got more dedicated wham To the situation uh, All thanks to your support we appreciate That keeps this bowl rolling We also uh, Keep it rolling with our Sats that we get from the new Podcasting 2.0 stuff uh, which you can stream live, and you've been hearing balls knock pins over as I've been talking. Uh, that's all due to this being...
0: This is a
4: new live son of a bitch!
3: New live, rocking and rolling.
4: Yeah, the bowl is lit.
3: That's right. Lit with the live item tag. Uh, the newest uh, challenger to approach was Fountain, who recently implemented the live item, and I actually shot them a message because uh, they've been doing a lot of different upgrades and uh, bug squashes and, and uh, tweaks. They've put out a sev- several new versions since the initial launch of Live. And uh, we still have one mi- very minor issue that probably only affects me, <laughs> which is typical of my problems. But uh, what we have is a unique situation where we always have two Live item tags in our feed. So one will reflect a Bulls with Buds And the other will reflect our regular Tuesday night show. And that's mainly just because I'm a lazy bastard and I'm hand hacking my feed. And so I don't want to rewrite a new feed every time we have a Bulls with Buds. I I don't want to rewrite a new live tag. So I just keep two in there. And you can always see if there's a new uh, upcoming Bulls with Buds that's been announced. And right now... Uh, If you looked at the feed right as I'm speaking live, you would see the live item tag currently live for the episode we're recording, and you would see another live item tag right below it for the pending show on Thursday night with cold acid, which tells you the time it's going to be, it tells you who's on there, the person tags in there, it has uh, a potential to put artwork, which I don't really leverage yet, maybe that's something to think about uh, in the future. And it also allows you to pre-boost the proper splits, uh, because everybody's value tag is up to date on that episode, even though it hasn't happened yet, it's like listed as pending. So it's a cool feature to have and be able to display in the RSS feed. Uh, Fountain just displays the first one it sees, no matter whether it's ended or pending or live or whatever. So I just try to keep the immediately upcoming show as the top one in the feed now, so that at least the next one is the one showing in Fountain, right? And uh, today I sent them in the Telegram a screen cap of, "Oh, hey, here's what it looks like in in Curiocaster. Here's what it looks like in Podverse. You know, when I have multiple live items, you can see them all over there." So it's just another thing. It's it's on their list already. I'm just kind of rechecking in, and you know me, Mister Squeaky Wheel.
4: Yeah, Fountain has been really responsive, though.
3: Definitely, yeah. Whenever
4: I, there is an issue like this, they've always gotten on top of it and taken care of it.
3: Yeah, I trust they'll add it to... It's, it's definitely on their radar. I'm just trying to keep it on their radar, you know? Yeah. Don't let it slip through the cracks.
4: They're not like, oh, there's that one guy that has that specific problem, and only he cares about this it. Is the
3: only asshole using a bunch of life item tags <laughs> in his feed. <laughs>
4: it's just two.
3: It's just two, guys. Oh... But uh, speaking of the sats coming in, we always like to read the boostograms. I pull up Helipad and I read you the boostograms, starting from Harv Hat, who always hits us on the outro music, and he did, once again, give us that 1420 sats. Thanks, Harv Hat. Uh, that was last Tuesday night, as we said goodnight to you uh, you all live.
4: We have intro music to the boosts. Oh, yeah, you're also. right.
3: Um,
2: We do have that. I'm gonna boost some stats, I've got 40,000 in my wallet, I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution, this is fucking awesome.
4: The boost tune. You love it. I do.
3: And uh, we love it. Thank you, Hey Citizen, by the way, for that. He was with the Jackbox. <sighs> Dag was with the Jackbox. Sorry.
4: Great. So, so, let's go through the whole list now I, I, that you I'm, started. I'm
3: terrible with the with the list. No, moving on. Next boost was from Booberry himself, big bad Booberry. Oh, and there's an early draft of that gif. I need to find oh. his updates. Uh he boosted 17,776 with uh version 1 of what eventually became the final bull after bull live gif that we will be using uh by the time uh, Cold Acid sits down with us.
4: Thank you, boobs.
3: That's my commitment.
4: I love that version one also, though. It's very nice. of all the different colors. Yeah.
3: It goes like full rainbow as it cycles through. It's beautiful. He said, could link to this for your live tag. Let me know if y'all want any adjustments. And uh, he was meticulously making those little adjustments just based on our comments and love and feedback of it. And he made it even better and even cooler. Uh, so we'll, we'll be implementing that real soon and we appreciate you boobs for all of the kick-ass shit that you do. By the way, he's boosting from boost CLI directly from his node. Most sovereign. How much more sovereign can you get? I mean, come on. Uh, come on with this next boost. It's 1111 sats from bad career advice, advice, Chad. It's not to bull after bull. It's to misinformed nation.
4: Oh, wow, there's a name I haven't heard in a while.
3: I was just thinking that. I was thinking of that Cornholio meme with the homeless dude. Oh, man. haven't heard that name in years. Yeah, (laughs) Misinformed Nation, or as Guif liked to call it, Misinformed Ination, because the N-A is capitalized. Yeah, that was like a meta show that we did, uh, like a meta clip show, with a rotating cast that uh, Booberry spearheaded. Uh, Oh, man, we should do one of those soon.
4: Bring it back. Bring it back.
3: Uh, I did bring back this boost. By the way, that was bad career advice, Chad, from Fountain.
4: Was there a message?
3: Yes, he said, the playing clips through your phone guy is Alex Tsarkiris of the Skeptico podcast.
4: Playing clips through your phone.
3: Yeah, the playing clips through your phone guy. I vaguely remember there was a guy that sounded like he was holding his phone up to the microphone and playing <laughs> some clips or or something. It's been so long that I would have to go back to the episode and listen to actually remember the exact context.
4: I will link that episode in the show notes, so if you would like to, oh,
3: thank you, yeah,
4: bowlers out there listening,
3: that way I can catch up on it. I'll know exactly where to look now. Uh, always know where to look for Dame Trail Chicken because she's right here. Bok bak bok, bok, bok. bok, bok. <laughs> And she's hitting us with 1776 sets, that freedom boost out of fountain, she says. Uh, Lightning emoji, flag emoji, U.S. flag, of course. Uh, Eagle and an explosion. And she says, crunchy patriotic chip boost.
4: (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks, Dame Trail Chicken.
3: Crispy crunchy. Appreciate you uh five days ago just right after uh dame Trail chicken we got hit with 420 sats from colin b out of fountain
4: thanks colin
3: who says happy f the state day yeah colin is uh one of the newer members of the casey bitcoiners
4: oh very cool welcome
3: so we've been uh chatting hanging out he's uh he was the second one to arrive i was like weirdly early today so i was the first one and he was the second one there it's kind of like uh, when you're the first guy there, you sit down and look around at the ceiling and stuff. It's fun.
4: Order a beverage. Yes.
3: <laughs> That's pretty much what you do.
4: Maybe smoke a cigarette, and then when you come back in, you're not the first person anymore. Where are my friends? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so that was me. Also, uh, just 13 hours ago, by the way, honorable mention, a 1,000 sats came in anonymously. I don't know from who, or uh, and there's no note, but it was a boost to stay a while making beans, Nice. Out of Ellen Beats. Very cool. So ellenbeats.com, Stephen B.'s uh, music project where you can uh, do the same kind of podcasting 2.0 stuff, but for all of the cool music that has been released via RSS out there. So that's fun. Um, that's another thing that happened uh, to be the point of discussion tonight yet again. Uh, maybe I should get into the into the shit stain to discuss it. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I think it's time.
3: Uh, but before then, why don't you tell the, oh. the bowlers how else they could uh, contribute, contribute value. Value, yeah,
4: You can do it in any way, really, ways that I'm not even going to mention, but you can send art, mm. you can make jingles, you can send news stories to show at bowlafterbowl.com or to me or Spencer specifically on Mastodon. Um, you can hop in the chat and ISO funny things we say for cold open potentials. Or, perhaps easiest of all, besides just passing the bowl to someone you think might like it, which we greatly appreciate when bowlers do that. But we have a first time I ever topic bowl after bowl, week after week. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever tried yoga. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and...
3: Call 816 Six, six, three. And the play of ball after ball.
0: Ball
4: after ball. That's right, we'll play it and we will not screen it, so say whatever you want to say. It's freedom, man. And you can also text if you're voice shy, or send a picture.
3: And all is valid.
4: Also, there were some boosts that didn't get read. Is that right? Yeah. I saw them in the chat.
3: I don't know how uh, I didn't keep scrolling. Uh, I thought that I hit the top for some reason, but I think my mouse wheel just died out on me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, of course. We had Dirty Jersey Whore hit us. 19,760 sats at a fountain. Uh, Big slaps coming through. And he said, boosting the bowl. Got that damn smoke weed every day jingle stuck in my head. Oh, I hate it when that happens.
4: Smoke
5: weed every day.
4: Me too. It's like I can just hear it. Just now. Uh, In my head.
3: He said, thanks, Obama. (laughs) I'll probably be asleep when you read this because I'm old. Y'all be good. Well, shout out to the old guys out there. Still bowling.
4: I, too, am an old guy.
3: Yeah. Trust me. (laughs) If I didn't have a show to do, I would probably be...
4: (laughs) Sleeping.
3: (laughs) At least laying down. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not fully asleep yet, but I'd be uh, horizontal. I can promise you that. Uh... Sixty nine, sixty nine came in next. Man, I can't believe I uh, almost neglected these. What a fool!
4: Sixty nine, sixty nine, dudes!
3: That one coming in from Hey Citizen had a pod verse.
4: Hey Citizen,
3: he says, "Hey bitches, <laughs> I'm not listening to the show because I'm at the bar, but I'm sure it's rocking."
4: Oh, <laughs> thanks, Hey Citizen. I
3: love that confidence. Thank you, sir. Uh, tonight, I don't know. Tonight. Tonight So far, tonight, I'm average. been doing average, I guess. Keeping it between the lanes, sort of, most of the time. Yeah. Uh, but we appreciate the boost. Podverse, if I didn't mention it, is the source of that one. 1420 sets from the one and only Sir Reverend Cyber Trucker.
4: Oh, thank you, Rev.
3: That one's coming out of Fountain. He said, Metal Boost.
4: Nice. Yeah,
3: he's got a hot, fresh metal moment baked for us. Uh that we will be listening to later on in the show. Four twenty, four twenty. I love that one. Four twenty sats, it's a great number. Coming in from Podverse, it's R Davis eighty seven. Oh, thank you. Who says Puff Puff Pass in the smoker with the wolf of Kansas City and Dame DeLorean. All right. Cool.
4: Oh
3: Puff Puff Pass. A little Puff Puff Pass for you. Welcome. And uh proof of life comes in from Bully Steed 3333
4: sets. Bully Bowly Steed in that's these right. parts.
3: Boosty Steed if you wish, if you please. Uh that's coming out of the fountain app, by the way. She says proof of life, listening from the road and a little bowling emoji. There we go.
4: Very nice.
3: No matter where you're at, if you've got an internet connection, you got the bowl in your pocket. So we appreciate you. Uh, R. Davis coming back again, R. Davis 87, with another 420 sats. oh. This one out of Podverse. Uh, And this bowler says, makes me scream. Just hearing it, damn DeLorean wish you a speedy recovery. (laughs)
4: Thanks. Fingernail trauma, man. Oh, God. It's yucky. (laughs) I
3: have this cut on the side of my thumb because we went to the buffet on Sunday.
4: (laughs) Oh, gosh.
3: (laughs) And there was crab. Oh, you could eat crab legs. And I'm like pulling this crab leg open and it just slices my damn thumb because it slipped. Because it's like a buttery, sloppy, steamed crab, you know? Yeah. And it's like a hard shell and you got to try and get into the meat. And it's like on the inside of your thumb. So to, it's just when I'm hitting my space bar on my keyboard, it's just wrecking me. Ugh. Because that's right where the cut is, is where your thumb hits the space bar. Ugh, I said that out loud in class and somebody goes...
2: Oh, third world, or first world problems.
3: Uh. First world problems. What?
4: Oh, first world problems. They eat crab in shithole countries, too.
3: I'm like, uh, what other problems would we have living in the first world?
4: I don't know. I just don't like finger trauma.
3: Especially when you're in IT, man. Like, it's all pretty...
4: You hurt your finger. Oh, was that the same day? Yeah, we both injured our finger on Sunday. Bad deal. Yeah. Not cool.
3: Thank you for the healing, uh... Karma there, R. Davis 87.
4: Yeah, and thanks for screaming for me because it's, I think it helps.
3: Makes them scream. All right, well, uh, you know what time it is. It's time for a little bit of. Oh, yeah, it makes you want to build a node. And
4: then another node.
3: You can get noted up pretty deep. No, uh, node
4: after node. <laughs>
3: Yeah, the KCB at Corners meetup was tonight in uh, North Kansas City at Chicken and Pickle, which is a little bar and pickleball court type situation.
4: And you were the first guy there?
3: First guy there.
4: <laughs> That's weird for you. Never
3: what you want to be. I know. I even got the medicine first. I needed to pick up children's Tylenol.
4: You must be next on the getting sick list. <sighs>
3: <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, we did have a new face and lots of old faces, so that was fun. And... A lot of the discussion uh colin b who boosted us before was uh he's got a new note on the way in order to start nine, so he's going to go into the noted journey you know so
4: nice we' just
3: uh answering all the technical questions that we could um pretty killer. we have another guy in there, uh Rob, who is a really kind of one of the more technical guys I've met in that group, and so he's working on sort of the same idea that SplitKit is and the only difference is instead of key send payments, it sends, uh, via an l n u r l URL address. So for those wallets that support LN URL, you can just scan a QR code. But the neat thing about it is there's a static QR you can scan and send to. And he demonstrated, this is what I love about him. He demonstrated that it was fully static by putting this, uh, Piece of lined notebook paper down on the table and on that paper he had held that paper over like a phone or a screen or something and traced a QR code onto it. Okay. So there's this sharpie inked QR code and you know, once you still works. once you draw a sharpie QR code it's not changing, it's not dynamically updating every time. So yeah, you can scan the piece of paper and
4: Holy shit.
3: send a payment to that and it splits out to all of the splits that you want it to split to nice pretty fun so i was like man we need to talk about uh getting an extra thing into the uh into the website when when that launches but also if we had like a poster that we put up somewhere
4: oh yeah with a static qr code
3: we could have a static qr code that always works on this poster and we can update the splits accordingly as time goes on you know of whatever that that qr code scans to
4: yeah let's do it
3: it's uh it's It's on the to-do list it's pretty cool oh yeah of course you know I'm quick to throw anything on that to-do list, man. So we're going to to-do it. Cool. Uh, the ca- conversation yet again, as it always does, turned to, how do we do Bitcoin lightning payment splits for music? <laughs> <laughs> so that's always fun. I feel like I've explained this a hundred times, you know? At least. Um. So that was another time again. And it, like, it came up, too, right as I had to leave, you know? So I even oh. got back a little later than I thought, but... Uh, I was there long enough to be like, listen, I've said this a hundred times, (laughs) like, uh, you know, check out stay a while the album that was released Christmas Eve, 2020, uh, and has been getting boosted, boosted ever since had a boost from it earlier today that we read. Yeah. Um, they would
4: know that if they ever listened to your podcast. That's
3: right. That's right. You would know all about this. What's up with that?
0: You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. (laughs)
3: <laughs> you guys go really long that's what i hear <laughs> well we, this is why we need to implement chapters chapters would really uh help people skim to the parts they want and perhaps even find more value so that, yeah that's part of the part of the future plans hey to-do list
4: i got the art done for it i love that but anyway so with, <laughs> it sounds like a great meetup was had it was it
3: was a fun time as always it's good to just talk pure bitcoin with coiners and uh Especially when people are there that are building stuff, too. It's, it's always fun to kind of swap ideas and brainstorm and
4: things like that. Yeah, uh, and I know the music stuff makes you giddy. Oh, yeah, I always want
3: to talk about music stuff. Even if I have to go back to square one and talk about the same thing in a loop, <laughs> like Groundhog Day. Uh, the upcoming meetups right now are all Bitcoiners Bitcoin and Coffee. Uh so Mitch is going to very soon he's assured us uh schedule some more beers with bitcoiners for the evening stuff but Friday August 4th will be the next coffee meetup. And oh that's a while away. Yeah. A big chunk of time. So until then us bitcoiners are laying low for the month of July getting in uh, all of our boating accidents and such. Which,
4: yeah, knocking you know, things off the to-do lists.
3: That's right. Hopefully. If you're good. If you're good. Uh as far as the news goes, This uh, has generated kind of some interesting, um, I don't know, people are scratching their chins or uh, speculating, but the Hobie data breach almost leaked KYC information of 4,960 whale users. Oof. Uh, This story is coming out of The Block, and uh, they fixed a data breach that leaked contact deals for almost 5,000 users. They accidentally exposed a set of credentials that enabled access to the uh, Exchange's cloud storage, which I guess they're saying has been uh, sort of out there and at risk for over a full year. June 2021 was uh, when Huobi accidentally shared some kind of a file with their AWS credentials inside of it. Oof.
4: Big oof. Two years. And
3: then... those leaked credentials were discovered and confirmed that they were the live credentials on my birthday this year, so almost a full year later. Dang. So who knows who found out between that time or who had access. The uh, preliminary report is saying that nothing happened and it's been fixed.
4: Nothing to see here.
3: And uh, everybody's good to go. (laughs) The relevant user information was completely isolated, according to them, on October 8th, 2022. Excuse me, so this would have been my birthday last year that it, disco- it was discovered, but the incident originally occurred in 2021. Does that make sense? So almost a full year between 2021 and 2022, mm-hmm. these credentials were out there live and accessible.
4: And now it's all patched up? And then from June to
3: October, they fixed it. <laughs> and then now we're talking about it, I guess.
4: Oh, I Which see. is really
3: interesting. Like uh, Why? The word got out. Yeah. The word got out. So, yeah, pretty crazy.
4: That is crazy. This is
3: why you don't, like, uh, trust exchanges to store your stuff. Because the uh, one guy messes up and everybody's screwed. Yep. And if you want one guy messing up and you're screwed, you want you, you want to be that guy. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me.
4: If only so, you can only blame yourself.
3: <laughs> because you're still that guy, even with a custodian. Just pointing that out. You can still do something dumb and ruin it, even if you have a custodian. So you might as well just be your own custodian, and you then you can actually learn stuff and learn how to protect yourself, learn how this stuff works, and uh, be able to decipher the on-chain, off-chain, cocaine, shit-stain. Speaking of uh, off-the-chain, we have some pins just knocking down left and right in the last couple of minutes. We had three boosts.
4: I was enjoying that pin action, yeah.
3: You gotta love the pin action, right? Oh. Um... Yeah.
2: And look at this pin action. Oh. Uh,
3: pin action kicked off by Pfeiffer, who boosted uh, 11,821 sats, which uh, we also know as an extended.
4: Well, thank you, Pfeiffer.
3: Yes. Thank you very much. And uh, that's coming from Podcast Index, by the way. He said, chilling with the fam around the fire pit on this mild summer evening. Well, it's beautiful out. Shout out to the fam. Cheers.
4: Yeah, shout out, fam.
3: Uh, C-dubs hit us with a little ITB out of Boost CLI. 10101 on sats.
4: Thanks, C-dubs.
3: And uh, last up was Mere Mortals Podcast boosting the live tag. 2222 from Fountain. He says, oh, cool. I go live with the Value for Value podcast three hours before you guys do. I'm finally amongst the lit ranks. All right. All right. Well, welcome, sir. Killer.
4: Kyron is lit.
3: Yeah, check out Value for Value podcast, Kyron Down. He's bringing a season three back online and churning out episodes, so that's cool, man. And now it's lit. Welcome to that new live son of a bitch. Yeah. That live world. Love that. Let me get one more drop.
4: This is a new live son of a bitch.
3: I love that Jones drop.
4: Tuesdays are great. Tuesdays are. For lit shows. Legendary. Legendary day for lit shows. I would list them, but I'm not an asshole. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my god, you got me. Uh, well, thanks for not listing them.
4: You're welcome.
3: <laughs> uh, we're about to hear some pins. I can tell because boost after boost always hears them first. He's in the chat room. And if you're not in the bowl in the chat room, man, you got to get in there. Uh, IRC. Oh, there it comes. irc0 Net. That's what you plug into, and then you just go into that bull after bull channel. Pound bull after bull, baby. Pound it, pound it, pound it. That was Booberry coming in with 17776 A little extended freedom boost action, again from Boost CLI. C-dubs baby there. And he said, I will say, when it comes to hand coding the live chapter slash value splits... Wave Lake makes it pretty easy as there's only one address in their blocks. <laughs> there are 47 value time splits in the feed as of today.
4: Oh my god, Whoa. what a madman! Oh now now.
3: Oh my god, shots fired. What? Yeah, weird, weird. It's all about <laughs> them splits, man. You gotta split it up. You gotta split it up. Give everybody a taste, you know. Don't just let one guy gobble it all up. That's just madness. That's not what Bitcoin is all about.
4: No, well, it just goes back to what we were just saying about you want to be the guy that you're blaming when shit goes wrong. Yes. You know?
3: Yeah, which is called personal responsibility, which comes hand-in-hand hand with freedom. Yes. Hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, Let's see, back to some headlines here. Wasabi Wallet. Wasabi. Everybody's favorite way to mix, not. Uh, Wasabi Wallet, the mixer that is uh, in bed with Chainalysis Companies... Uh, wonderful. Upgrade now, they say, to the latest version of Wasabi Wallet for the best CoinJoin experience available. The deprecated version 1.0 of the CoinJoin feature is being discontinued in the next few blocks. Uh, The next few blocks, of course, being in about two weeks.
4: They killed their CoinJoin? No, it's still available, but uh, they're uh,
3: discontinuing their 1.0 version. And I think the older versions, the reason people liked it is because it, is missing a lot of those chain analysis of tools that they've been pressured into adopting. Essentially, they can now pick and choose and freeze uh, problematic UXTOs.
0: Ooh.
3: Or UTXOs, excuse me. No
0: one should have that Unspent transaction
3: power. outputs. Yeah. So you know, if somebody's uh labeled by the the Fibi or whoever as a uh, Russian mob or who you know whatever they want to jaccuse you of, uh. Wasabi says, oh, well, we're not going to let Ucoin join that, UXTO, U-T-X-O. Forgive my dyslexia. So, you know, whatever. Wasabi. Cool. Getting even worse as it goes on. Whatever.
4: Tail as old as time.
3: (laughs) Remember last week we talked about the FBI and the... Actually, was the IRS, which was demanding Kraken's uh, user records.
4: Yeah, they were Kraken into Kraken.
3: Kraken into Kraken. Well, now, this week we learn... Uh, in fact, it was at the end of last week, Friday, the news broke that the FBI searched the home of Kraken founder Jesse Powell. Oh, this happened back in March, uh, but the story just broke uh, as part of a criminal investigation into claims that he hacked and cyberstalked a nonprofit that he founded. <laughs>
4: cyberstalking? Uh, Is that?
3: I think it's excessive googling can be considered cyberstalking.
4: Oh my! I'm not
3: sure. Don't quote me on this. Don't quote me on this. Uh, He founded Verge, the Sacramento Arts Group, in 2007. Last year, the group removed him from its board of directors, citing his failure to attend board meetings and violations of organizations guiding principles, according to the court records there. Uh, So uh, a lot of people are like, wait, maybe this is why the IRS uh, is targeting them or whatever.
4: Because of that one, dude.
3: Maybe they're just after Jesse Powell. Maybe they're just trying to uh, dig into him. Maybe. Uh, he has a weird uh, cryptic tweet in May. Question for tax lawyers. Can you sell something to yourself? Or is a true sale by definition a transaction between two distinct legal entities? And then a follow-up uh, reply to his own tweet that he asked, tags on his Question for severed tax lawyers. Can your innie sell something to your outie? <laughs> like oh. the severance reference. Uh, if you haven't seen that severance show, it's uh, pretty legit. Pretty worth it.
4: Yeah, that was a good binge
3: it's like an interesting uh what am i thinking an interesting plot point type thing it's uh, it's nicely original yeah it's fun tickles your brain
4: it does tickle your brain indeed
3: uh this also came out friday and literally i snorted out loud when i read this headline us homeland security returns 314,000 of the 3.6 billion dollars stolen in 2016 bitfinex hack <laughs> <laughs> and Bitfinex's statement on the matter was, the U.S. government continues to make progress in prosecuting individuals involved in the Bitfinex security breach and in seizing funds associated with the theft.
4: woo we got them. <laughs> We're 1% of the way there. No,
3: man. Uh, if they would have recovered $160 million, they would be 1% of the way there. They only recovered $314,000. dollars <laughs> mm so, that's like uh, a thousandth of a
4: percent? Jeez, But it's a pi number, so... I'm not that mm. great
3: in behind the curtain here. Not that pie. we're quite behind the curtain. Uh, we are in the bull. And math, you know, mental math is not my specialty. The Bitfinex hackers got away with nearly 120,000 Bitcoin in 2016. At today's current exchange rate, <laughs> that sum is worth approximately $3.6 billion. What they seized... By the way, the DHS they they received three hundred and twelve thousand two hundred nineteen dollars and seventy one cents in cash, and six point nine one seven Bitcoin cash. Oh. <laughs> F in the chat for Bitfinex customers. Oh me, oh my. Uh, what is that? Seven years ago.
4: Wow, seven big years oof. ago.
3: And so they get $314,000, 312.2 of which is cash. And they have almost 7B cash, which is just fucking worthless.
4: Good job.
3: That bumps the number up to uh, by almost $2,000.
4: And yet, <laughs> they're still out there bragging about it. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Continue to make progress. Well, good work, boys. Go get them.
4: Yeah, we'll see what happens in another... Seven years. Maybe we can double those numbers.
3: RFK has been a hot topic as of late, as he is uh, probing presidential possibilities out there uh, on the Democratic uh, campaign trail. And uh, it was just disclosed. um, People been talking about it this week. Yesterday, I think, RFK holds up to $250,000 of Bitcoin in a brokerage account, according to his financial records. Uh, On the June 30th financial disclosure report, he listed a brokerage account that held somewhere between $100,001 and and $250,000 worth of Bitcoin. Uh, He told Bitcoiners at the Bitcoin conference earlier this year, in May May at Miami, that uh, he was not an investor in Bitcoin. Uh, But then this disclosure comes out that indeed a brokerage account has Bitcoin. I don't know, man. Uh, I think that you can stand up on a conference stage and say, I'm not invested in Bitcoin, and what you mean by that is like, I don't have any Bitcoin, right? Or I haven't paid money for Bitcoin, I haven't bought Bitcoin. But you're in some weird ETF or some fund that actually holds Bitcoin, but it's like a portfolio. You know, I I would say that's not actually having Bitcoin. In my world, that's not. No. Uh, If you have Bitcoin, what that means is that you are the owner of a set of private keys that can sign a Bitcoin transaction and send Bitcoin to anybody else with a Bitcoin wallet address. Yeah, That's what it means to actually own Bitcoin. Uh, but the language he used, I think, was that he was not invested in Bitcoin or he was not an investor in Bitcoin. And so, yeah, maybe that's a little bit looser definition and includes some funds like this. But, uh, you know filing does not say when the Kennedy family purchased Bitcoin and how much they may have spent on their original Bitcoin investment. Uh, it doesn't even dial out if they have Bitcoin as far as like the definition I just said. Uh, it appears that would be nah. It appears the answer to that would be nah, or at least as far as we know, nah. Can you imagine dumping a shitload of money in Bitcoin, but it's like, you're not actually the owner of the keys, like you don't hold the coin. Some other guy has some magical Bitcoin somewhere and you just have a dollar and cent amount in some account. I don't give a fuck about dollars and cents.
4: No. It, it,
3: it has almost nothing to do with Bitcoin at all. Why would right. I give a shit about... Why would I track my Bitcoin in dollars and cents? It makes no dollars or cents.
4: Exactly what I was about to say.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, anyway.
4: But also... Even if he was invested in Bitcoin and lied about it. What I love... a politician lying? Can't believe it, you guys.
3: Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? The thing I do love about the headline and all these political headlines is it just... It gives people fodder to reinforce what they already believe to be true. And so a lot of people are like, ha ha, see, RFK's a liar. He does have Bitcoin. Or a lot of people are like, ha, see... He is one of us. He's a Bitcoiner, you know, and, and really the truth is a little more nuanced than like.
4: Definitely.
3: Basically, he's got some money in some investment account somewhere that represents Bitcoin on paper or on a screen or something. I what? don't know. Okay. It's, it's vague and unclear.
4: <laughs> but he's not running his own node, damn it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's not like he's got a raspy pie in the basement, like taking campaign donations right to his friggin' house, right in his own uh, No. No, of course not.
4: And you know what? If he did, why would he tell anyone?
3: Exactly. And here's exactly why he wouldn't tell anyone. Uh, Another thing that came out yesterday, an IMF paper written on uh, the potential taxing of Bitcoin sees quasi-anonymity, excuse me, quasi-anonymity, anonymity. anonymity. (laughs) Phenomenon, dude. How retarded is the guy that does this show? I swear to God. Bowl after bowl guy? Can't even read words, man. Why are you trying to read that word? Uh, Yes. Quasi-anonymity is the greatest challenge that the IMF can uh, identify in taxing Bitcoin. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's quasi-anonymous. That's going to make it difficult. Uh, A quote from the paper. Policymakers are struggling to accommodate cryptocurrencies within tax systems not designed to handle them. This paper reviews the issues that arise. The risks for now appear more latent than real. But this can change. They say that the greatest challenges are for implementation and that Bitcoin's quasi-anonymity is the, an inherent obstacle to third-party reporting. Uh, this is because their essence and the core motivation behind their development is precisely to avoid placing trust in centralized institutions of a kind that might be able to provide information to the tax authorities or perhaps to levy some kind of withholding tax. but da da bingo Right? Yeah. The whole point of Bitcoin is peer-to-peer uh digital cash without the need for a third party intermediary without the need for a financial institution sitting in the middle saying, okay, I want to track this. I want to tax this. I want to, uh, not let you do it on Saturdays and Sundays or in the evenings. All this kind of extra bullshit. It's like, if I have it and I want to give it to this guy over here, nothing else should matter. Zero other factors come into play. What time it is, where the guy's standing in what country he's in, uh, whether he's rich or poor, whether he's, uh, an angel or a criminal, any of that shit. All that matters is I've got this, I want to send it to him. End of story. And they hate that kind of shit. Oh my god, we can't even control it. What are we going to do? Uh, another quote from the paper. The good news for tax authorities and regulators is that contrary to the vision of the original designers, a core role has emerged for centralized institutions of various kinds in the transacting of crypto assets, notably exchanges. Through which they are bought and sold. So they smell an opportunity here, and they see the obvious choke point, which are large exchanges that can be regulated and that can uh, watch your every transaction and your every move and snitch on you to the IRS. Yes. Such institutions are in a position to obtain information on ownership, and so... Uh, They are at the core of the current efforts, perhaps somewhat belatedly and certainly still incompletely, to obtain useful third-party information that can be shared with tax authorities. Oh my god. So this paper uh, really is showing where they're at and showing where we're all at and uh, why it is important. Why do we take to the airwaves every single week, even though we know that 95% of the people hearing it have no fucking idea what we're talking about. That's okay. Why do we keep saying you really want to build a node? This is exactly why. Why do we say that you want to actually get into this thing for real and not just play exchange games and let it sit on some exchange? Because some other guy owns it. And Bitcoin, is it's really pointless. It's really pointless if you're still letting some other guy control everything about it. If you're still letting some other guy hold your cheese and tell you what the rules are, you might as well just stick with the dollar, man. What's the the problem there? Just stay with the dollar. There's really no point in using it if you're not using it to get uh, out from under all of these different thumbs. Amen. That's all. A couple of uh, boosts came in during the impassioned uh, build-a-node speech. (laughs) Uh, 19999! That's 19,999 from Lavish out of Ooh. Fountain.
4: Thanks, Lavish.
3: He says, Hi.
4: Well, hi to you too.
3: Yeah, I think he left the G H off.
4: <laughs> He's so high.
3: <laughs> he meant to say. Wow. I am really high. Uh most indeed. I'll see you, Lavish. Um.
6: He was a jackbox.
3: I mentioned him though. On the list. Yeah, now you've done it again. Uh, Four twenty sats from Sea Doves came in just now, and uh, his claim is that BBK is Satoshi.
4: <laughs> nice. Perhaps, Hey, I'm not ruling it out.
3: He's not wrong, because we are all Satoshi. Oh, uh, yes. And we are all in a bowl, sir. Yes. Uh, well, that's kind of the cocaine that uh, I brought in for today, but I'm interested to hear what you've got for our mm-hmm.
4: top three Well, it should be no surprise that 33 people were hurt during a 4th of July celebration in downtown Pittsburgh. Oh, jeez. Someone had to get hurt on the 4th of July, right? Yeah. And it had to be 33 people in at least one area.
3: For us to hear about it, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, I just mean... It just has to happen, okay? It's got to. the way of the world. And it's not like they listed names or anything. It's just a number in the headline. So this was the... Pittsburgh's official fireworks display in Point State Park. Oh, God. And there was all of a sudden a commotion and, like, a sound in the audience, and people didn't know if shots were being fired or if firecrackers had been (laughs) deployed or cracked or whatever. So, uh, yeah, but they claim that 33 people got hurt during that little scuffle, including a 70-year-old woman, the only one named here, without a name, just age, 70-year-old woman with a head injury.
3: She's a year too old.
4: Yes, you're right.
3: (laughs) I knew you would get there.
4: And my favorite part of this all is that there were bag checks at the six entrances to this festivity. And despite all of that security and people standing in line and opening their bags to others, they still managed to sneak in fireworks or guns because, duh, it doesn't work.
3: You know how many quarter sticks of dynamite you can hide in your butthole? Me neither, but I can imagine.
4: Let's find out. (laughs) <laughs> Not. <laughs> no. Not in the bowl. No, thank you. Yeah. Nigeria now accounts for 33% of Africa's gas reserves. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, enough oil to last 94 years, they say. But because of that, they have this good uh build up of gas, so they're able to diversify their portfolio, you know, because they know they can fall back on the oil. They're good, man. They're good.
3: They got, a, they got a heavy nut built up.
4: Yeah. Must be nice.
3: Good for you, Nigeria.
4: I want to know their price per gallon.
3: <laughs> right. Where are we filling up at? Yeah. Supply and command, Julian.
4: <laughs> Gold Mountain Ridge had a fire on the Colville Reservation. This is in Washington State. And it was at 15% containment but had already burnt... Thirty three acres.
3: Wow. Fifteen percent containment. That seems low.
4: That's very low. And thirty-three acres? That's a lot of acres. Yeah. So
3: So they didn't wait for the fire to die out, they waited for thirty-three acres to get hit and then off to the presses.
4: Yeah, and they talked about how there really wasn't much they could do because of all the peaks and ridges and such. Hmm. The landscape was difficult to try and contain anything in.
3: Next week we will hear about the three hundred and thirty three acres. That have now been burned to the ground.
4: Perhaps. I hope not. I hope it just rained. That would be cool. You know? Yeah. But yeah, we'll find out. And a little bonus for the top 333. A little fourth story here because I... These stories, these medical stories are slowing down. But when they pop up, it uh, it's a huge red flag. And this one was featured on Today. The big old Today Show. Ooh. An American staple. Which means they really want people to see it. Right. Um and this was a 33-year-old stroke survivor recalling the first symptom he almost ignored. That's the headline. Uh and this first symptom was either they don't really pinpoint it. We talked about waking up feeling tired. Oh shit. Uh going to work out and then being dizzy when he worked out. Also oh shit. Figured he was dehydrated. Sure. Definitely. You know, I have to constantly drink water to not feel dehydrated. And then he sat down, sat out of his gym class and still was like dizzy. So he laid down and then started feeling super weak. And he went to like pick up his phone with his left hand and noticed that he was having issues and someone was like hey i think we should probably call an ambulance cuz your left side seems to be weaker than the other one right roh bing bing there's your stroke symptom you know mhm so uh yeah he had uh, this blood clot that broke off made its way to the brain restricted blood flow ugh and um he was given this is where the i feel like a native ad starts to come in uh oh you know he was given tenecteplase which is a medication that allegedly dissolves blood clots. Okay. But that wasn't enough. He also had to get a thrombectomy, which is where they put these catheters in the groin area, and then they snake them all the way up to his brain and suck the blood clot out.
3: From your groin?
4: Yeah, dude. Doesn't that make no sense at all?
3: <laughs> uh, I'm not interested.
4: Same. Same. Just let me go. Just let me go. Just let me
3: stroke <laughs> out. Just let me fade.
4: <laughs> <Just> fucking...
3: Oh, <laughs> but my God. they
4: noticed when they were in there, <laughs> when they were inside of him, <laughs> they mentioned that he had an aortic aneurysm. And this was like the gold in the story. Right? Because, okay, we've already got a 33-year-old having a stroke. When have you heard of that? in our history before. Uh, Growing up, I didn't know of any relatives or family friends having strokes in their thirties. Yeah. And now they're saying he had an aortic aneurysm. So this blood vessel right next to his heart was swelling up. Yikes. I guess popping. It's a lot of circulatory
3: (laughs) issues, my dude. So,
4: hmm. Yeah. Big hmm. Sucks. And I'd rather not think about it, which is why I'm going to suggest we go behind the curtain officially.
3: I can't wait to get back here every week. I love it.
0: <sighs>
4: C Dubs asks, pre-2020 or post? This story was this week. So between last bowl and this is when this story aired.
3: Yeah. In the stroke era.
4: I'm stroking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely not stroking up on my phone to any legacy social media, new or old. Because, you know... There's new ones on the horizon now. I hate naming names here, but... Threads! I've heard of it. It's like a Facebook, meta, Twitter wannabe, I guess. Sounds I guess like, so, yeah. Sounds like shit to me. Anyway, to make it even shittier sounding, if you type in the word marijuana, which I hope you're not. Cause, come on. It's weed. But if you type in the word marijuana or psilocybin... Threads will flash a warning to you that asks if you would like help accessing a drug treatment resource from SAMHSA, you know, the federal agency. Yeah. And you know who did this? The legacy social media app that they want to replace. The bird shite. Twitter. Wow. And that Twitter only recently changed it so that that basically, oh, are you addicted thing doesn't pop up for weed. Um, but, of course, if you search tobacco or alcohol or pretty much any other drugs, probably Adderall, math, whatever, it doesn't pop up. It's specifically the terms marijuana and psilocybin. Racist. Yeah. And also things you don't really, uh, shouldn't need much help with. Yeah, likely you know? not.
3: <laughs> the, uh, biggest addiction substances out of all the substances.
4: Yeah. I mean, anything can be addicting. Yeah, Watching TV is addicting. Eating shitty food is addicting. Drinking soda is definitely addicting. Caffeine. Caffeine. Very addicting.
3: It reminds me of that uh, scene in Half Baked where he gets up at the uh, Narcotics Anonymous meeting and he's like, (laughs) yeah, I smoke weed. Everybody boos him because it's not an (laughs) addiction. Yeah. Bob Saget's like, I suck dick for
4: cocaine. Have you ever sucked dick for weed? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a great movie.
3: fantastic. We need some drops from there. Oh, my God.
4: We do. We do. That would be a very valuable contribution to the bowl if you have half-baked isos. Otherwise, I'll just have to watch it again. I'll go grab And them. steal some. Yeah.
3: It's <laughs> on the to-do em. list, man. Consider oh, yeah. it to done.
4: <laughs> uh, the... Have you heard of the actor Michael K. Williams? Or have you seen The Wire? Because Uh, I have not.
3: You're getting me now. Not really. Uh, Okay, I have. It's not ringing a bell, but maybe.
4: But there was an actor. Terrible
3: at actor names.
4: Yeah, me too. Especially when they're like two sort of first names. Michael K. Williams. He overdosed in 2021. Uh, Oh, yeah, I
3: recognize the look of this guy. I
4: believe fentanyl. But in The Wire. He's in The Wire, yeah. He played a uh, drug world's gunman, for lack of a better term here. And so the four men, there have been four men charged in connection with his overdose death, and all four of them pled guilty. But David Simon, the co-creator of The Wire, wrote a three-page letter and sent it to one of those guys' lawyers. The guy uh, being 71-year-old man by the name of Carlos Machi. And in these three pages, uh, David Simon talks about Mr. Williams being responsible for himself and always sharing his responsibility, you know, and the decision to use or to stop using drugs being his own. And also being very anti-drug war and against mass incarceration. And so he decided to write this letter just saying this is ridiculous that anyone is being charged for his death, which was in his own hands, you know? Right. And this is something that's coming up. Like we talked about legislature that was passed in Texas, where if someone dies of an overdose, they're going to come after whoever sold them the drug that they OD'd on and charge them with homicide.
3: It's a problem with conservatives. It's just like they're so mentally conflicted when it comes to personal responsibility and personal choice. They understand the issue when it comes to not charging manufacturers of guns for people that get killed with those guns, but then change it over to this situation, and they're like, no,
5: you gotta hang them up. You're a murderer.
3: I'm like, no. Not really, no. Yeah. (laughs) Just a merchant. That's a merchant.
5: Mm
4: Mm-hmm. On the free market.
3: I mean, what if somebody sells, if a liquor store sells you liquor, and then you uh, drink yourself to death?
4: Right. Is that on the liquor store? No.
3: It's not. No, it's on the person that drank themselves to death.
4: Exactly. For the
3: conscious decision they made to put a substance into their body.
4: And then keep putting it into their body. Is it
3: sad? Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, but uh doesn't make the, uh, <laughs> the vendor a murderer. Exactly. It's absurd.
4: So, sentencing is scheduled for later this month, um, but the recommended sentence for these four guys is 10 years.
3: Oh my god! It's
4: crazy. <sighs> anyway,
3: <sighs> terrible.
4: A uh, oh yeah, and Bowley Steed in the chat brings up a good point that there's no one from Big Pharma going to jail or prison for you know SSRIs. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> we just don't talk about that. Yes. Yeah. Look the other way. The the cause of death was actually probably COVID. That sounds know? right. <laughs> um. I ignored breaking news last Tuesday. How could you? And it was because I didn't want to break the only rule in the bowl, but then I realized that that's hilarious because you break it week after week, bowl after bowl in your segment. And I
3: I push a button.
4: It's also dumb. And that was my biggest reason.
3: <laughs> the story is incredibly <laughs> dumb.
4: And the story is that someone found a bag of Coke in the White House. Yes. Wow.
3: And that's literally as deep as the story goes, too, <laughs> yes, turns out. yeah, yeah There is literally nothing else to the story.
4: They are keeping it alive, though. This is the distraction of the year so far. People love this story. You know why? Because people love cocaine.
3: Yeah, Duh. I think that's a big part of it.
4: Um, but I saw, okay, so an update that came was that the location it had been reported as being found yeah. seems to be incorrect.
3: Oh, big fucking shock.
4: Wow, yeah. Now they're saying, according to NBC News, okay, like, I'm going to lay blame where blame belongs here. Because I haven't been to the White House recently. I don't fucking know any of it. uh, It could all be made up, for what I know. And the coke was probably planted. And either way, this is a hilarious publicity stunt. Yeah. This is great. It's hilarious. It's It's
3: it's captivated the attention of everyone everywhere.
4: Yeah, the whole world is watching. And so, you know, they talked, they've, I remember hearing that it was found in the West Wing lobby where tourists come through. Right. Now, NBC News claims that it was found in a cubby (laughs) near the West Executive entrance. Uh Uh-oh. My problem here is why would anyone be going into someone else's cubby? (laughs) <laughs> that really bothers me. And I understand you're you're working with the federal government. You have no sense of privacy, especially when you step foot into the White House. But for shame if you were pulling people's things out of their cubbies. Yeah. Also, these people are using cubbies.
3: It's incredible. I love it. I think I remember second grade was the last time I used a cubby.
4: Hey, I've offered a cubby in the bowl bathroom for your clothes. Now, that you know. wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs>
3: And maybe someday I'll use one again, but it's been a very long time.
4: For your clothes, for your drugs, and we won't fucking tell the news about it, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's your cubby. Uh,
3: there's so many things that really boggle the mind about this. Uh, one, one of them being, obviously, like, everybody's just jumping on, oh, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, of course, it's Hunter Biden's cocaine. As if Hunter Biden is the only person in the White House who would ever do cocaine or as does cocaine. Like, Really? I roll. Second of all, uh, there's no way that cocaine hasn't been in and out in the White House plenty of times, but you rarely hear Seriously. about it. There's a couple of cocaine scandals in the uh, Carter administration I'm aware of. Yeah. But those would be things like, uh, oh, I think that one of the cabinet members, I'm just off the top of my head, I don't like, have it in front of me, but like it was something like one of the cabinet members... Uh, was accused of sniffing coke at some disco club in New York at one point, you know. Shocking. And.
4: (laughs) A disco. Some all uh, places.
3: You know, uh, that Michael Cohen cat, like, recorded a dealer making this claim on tape and he was trying to get immunity if he testified that this guy, like, did a line of coke at a disco. (sighs) Just like.
4: Yeah, the games we play.
3: Petty shit, which this feels also sort of like petty shit, like, where did it come from? We don't know. If it, was found in the White House. There's no way it's not on video the whole time Duh. of where exactly it came from. If this story is true, then they already know everything there is to know. We know nothing there is to know. But I thought maybe there's maybe going to be a silver lining, hopefully, in all of this. In that, you know, in the late 90s, when uh Slick Willie got caught getting his willy slicked in the Oval Office... There was this cultural shift in the acceptability of blowjobs for all Americans. Oh, hell yeah. And I just thought that, you know, maybe if this scandal kind of translates similarly to cocaine, I don't know, maybe that would be a bonus. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen?
4: America will be like, you know, cocaine, no big deal.
3: Yeah. Yeah, man, they're all yeeked out at least at some point. Come on.
4: Duh. Well, okay, so I remember hearing a clip on No Agenda, um where some talking head on the boob tube was saying, oh, it was found in the East Wing in a private library, so this is definitely someone that works there. But then NBC today is saying this uh, west executive entrance, it's between the foyer and a lower-level lobby near where vehicles... And then they call this out specifically like the vice president's limo or SUV would park. <laughs> so VP called out Uh-oh. by NBC.
2: VP, And, you know, she is stoned.
4: Yeah, that laugh could be a cocaine laugh.
2: That laugh is a
3: stoner's laugh. You know what I read was that they could hear banging and knocking from the bag of cocaine every 15 minutes or so.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I mean, these
3: people are just full of shit, man.
4: Okay, but it's been over a week now, and this story is still, like, a hot topic. If, and, if
3: it weren't for wild speculation, there would be literally no ability to keep a 24-hour-7 news cycle going.
4: Right. Because I've seen baggies of things at the grocery store, in parking lots. All over the place. You can see fallen baggies every once in a while, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And in my brain, I'm always like, that's a plant. I shouldn't <laughs> pick it up because there's a camera there and there. And no so, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap, exactly. And here we are, just some guilty bag in the White House, taking up the news cycle. Now, the only update I've seen besides this location debacle, and who knows where it was found, it might not have even been found. It might not even exist. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, it was reported to have been found, so that's all we need, baby.
4: Yeah. Sources close to the matter say uh-huh. that the Secret Service will be briefing congressional staff on this baggy Thursday. Oh, boy. On the big show day, you know? Yeah. Of course. Um, and that source was Axios, for what it's worth axios is the one reporting it so they must have a source close to the matter oh yeah they to seem give that to, answer
3: they seem to have some scoopage
4: because corinne jean pierre it's been coming up in the press briefings and all she does is refer the press to the secret service and say that it's under their jurisdiction
3: it's such a snooze man watching that shit
4: yeah so i didn't bother clipping it because there's not this isn't even a story
3: it's not i see it uh it like exploded on my timeline over the last week Um, and I haven't even been on as much as I usually am, but it's all I see anyway in the moments that I'm on.
4: I only brought this story tonight because I also had that silver lining thinking. Well, you know, just like, Oh, it's high time.
3: (laughs) If any good could come of this,
4: (laughs) I would love to walk to the convenience store and buy a baggie of good, clean Coke. Every once in a while. I would like some Coke in my Coca-Cola here and there. Come on. If you want it. Let's make America coked again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Bring back the 80s. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway.
3: David Bowie just chuckled in his grave.
4: Good. I've been bringing presidential hopefuls into the bowl. Okay. You yeah, know? That's right. Uh, whenever someone brings up weed. And so I have another one this week.
3: It's a public service that you do here behind uh, the curtain.
4: Yes. And this is uh, Marianne Williamson.
3: Oh, I remember her. She's the tarot reader. Oh. The crystal gal.
4: Do inform me. I don't know this about her. Oh,
3: she was on the trail last cycle. Uh, she's kind of one of those uh, aura healer types. She, only on, only not one that you would like kick it with and just like me, regular down to earth, more of like the uh, one that Oprah brings on yes, to her okay. show. That type of bitch.
4: Mm-hmm. I get that vibe from her. Well, here's what she had to say about the good herb. I would deschedule marijuana from a Schedule One drug. She would deschedule it. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. And that's all that I've ever asked for. <laughs> wow,
3: that was an incredibly short clip.
4: Well, I, I, I grabbed Are another you... statement from her because it okay. was so incredibly short. This was in She was listing off her priorities. Sure. That was in her top three priorities. Cool. I mean, it's it's
3: way past time.
4: Duh. It's weed.
3: This could have been a 90s move, like right when Callie went maddie. Yeah. They could have been like, all right, let's just pull it off of this and let the states figure it out.
4: Definitely. But they did. And they could
3: do it tomorrow. Yeah. They could have done it yesterday.
4: (sighs) The opioid epidemic came up. And so she expanded her thoughts to all drugs. And this is what she had to say.
6: I believe in, in decriminalization of everything. And I believe that we should treat the drug issue the way countries like Portugal do. We should treat these issues as a health crisis. There are other countries that have far better uh, far better results by doing that than by criminalizing these things. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Bring up Portugal. That's always been a favored talking point among um, drug reform activists. I've never been to Portugal, but I've heard that they're, program is fantastic. Yeah. Decriminalizing all the drugs. Of course, you know, it could just be slanted reporting that I'm getting. Sure. There could be, like, homeless encampments on every street and whatever, but I don't hear about that. Um, And then I just, this was a good get from her, a good little iso I grabbed just to wrap things up. They have done poll after poll, and this is the deal. Ooh. They have done poll after poll, and this is the deal. She (laughs) is
3: (laughs) <laughs> right on. Well, she as does... long as she's saying our shit. Yeah. She's kind of, I don't know. I mean, first of all, she's a front-runner presidential candidate. So, right out the gate, you can be pretty safely sure that she's a pile of dog shit. But yeah. uh, she kind of got her start as the leader of the Church of Today.
4: Oh, Ooh. Oui,
3: yeah. Which is a unity church in Warren, Michigan. So Unity being the, uh, I don't know, it's kind of old, but it grew out of transcendentalism. And it's sort of like the the hippie Christian thing. Mm-hmm. But their headquarters is right here in our backyard. That's what Unity Village is. When we drive by Unity Village, and there's that big tower.
4: Oh, I always thought that was uh, a Mormon going, thing. Like as in- we're
3: going out to, you know, Blue Springs or whatever.
4: Yeah, towards uh, Lake Lottawada. Yes, <laughs> that's not the real lake name, that's just what I call it.
3: Yeah, that's their HQ man, and they are oh. kind of, uh, yeah, they're into that kind of new age type shit.
4: Which, interesting. you know. It's fun, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh,
3: I don't know. I have a hard time wearing like hats and labels and stuff, because uh, a, a man's gotta. Because. A man's gotta make his way, you know. Yes. With uh, With what he can best figure out God wants. So who am I to say? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 13 books, by the way, she's written. Jeez. Sold more than 3 million.
4: Wow.
3: The most notable work, by the way, according to Wikipedia, A Return to Love, Reflections of the Principles of a Course in Miracles. She's big time into, like, the miracle stuff and, uh, you know, the kind of things that make uh, your regular, everyday, mainstream Christian go hoogly-boogly.
4: Mm. Yeah. hmm The scary things to them.
3: Bingo. Yes.
4: Or um, somehow not in God's image or some other represent. It's like you they treat it as if you're replacing God. Yes. Like with false idols, but it's not false idols. The gemstone thing, especially.
3: Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's God's creation. It's, it's a piece of the art.
4: Yeah. It's all together. Oh, well. But yeah. Okay. So that's what she had to say about weeds. <laughs> weeds. <laughs> all the weeds. <laughs> And all the drugs. Nice. Just decrim, which, fine. Yeah. Simple. Get them
3: off of that stupid schedule, take the DEA out, a big waste of money, and uh, it accelerates the violence associated with the black market, which is already completely out of control. Yep. Just de-escalate the war, man. That's what we want to do. We want to end this goddamn war. War is hell, and it does not... It's not designed to win anything. It's designed to just keep waging on and on and on, throwing money at a problem and uh, locking people up or having them killed on the streets. Yeah, well... fucking unconscionable that it still goes on.
4: We're not calling it the war on drugs anymore. Remember Ann Milgram from the DEA had a new term for it? it. it, Of course, yeah. I think it was just talking about American (coughs) lives. (laughs) Yeah. American, this American life. (laughs) Um, I really thought that the baggy story was a cover-up for how poorly her interview went. <laughs> I just wanted to circle back to this real quick because it was uncomfortable, her delivery. Mm-hmm. And she is under attack uh, from all angles in the DEA because, yeah, well. you know, she basically snitched on a guy who was working very closely with the lawyers for these alleged cartels. And I would think that's kind of where you want your agents to be, working closely beside them to get the information, you know? Because if you're you know, they wrote it off as, he was partying with the cartel's lawyers. Well, they were probably talking a lot. And he was probably learning a lot. One would think. But whatever. So she, you know, blew that wide open and now she's, uh, you know, they accused her of hiring her friends and paying her friends too much money in contracts and such. So she's got a fire under her ass.
3: Yeah, that seems like a sabotage job.
4: And the reform of the war on drugs narrative is not going to work. But let's shift to talk about dying Americans. Let's Mm. just
3: call it something else. That will change.
4: (laughs) Yeah, we can erase history, not.
3: Yeah, she's been set up, but uh, I don't know, good ribbons. Exactly. Hope the whole organization crumbles as a result.
4: Yeah, it's only 50 years old. Ugh. Gross. Anyway, also kind of gross. Down in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill which bans the sale of consumable hemp products to people under 21.
3: Uh yawn.
4: It had a list, and of course the list says like, including but not limited to, and it mentions snuff, chewing gum, or other smokeless products. I haven't seen any CBD
3: CBD Or snuff. Delta
4: 8 snuff or chewing gum. Me neither. But I, if you can know Im- of any, point me in that direction. I'd like to try it. I can imagine
3: <laughs> a chewing gum existing, but snuff seems like a stretch. But hey, what the fuck do I know? Maybe there's some snuff out there.
4: Yeah, maybe it's quality stuff. <laughs> Probably not, though. Maybe it's um, hell
3: on my allergies.
4: Oh, that's for sure. This bill also bans products that look like candy. So that's kind of vague. And it also prevents uh, edibles from being made in the shape of humans, cartoons or animals because you know, think of the children.
3: What about the mousy bear wellness gummy penises?
4: That's a human shape. <laughs> I mean just a little part. Yeah, it's still uh... It's a,
3: it's not a human, it's not a penis, it's a rocket ship.
4: I was wondering if like at a, it. a pot yeah, there you go. But I was just wondering if a general pot leaf shape would be considered like a cartoon somehow.
3: I don't know, know? I think the whole world these people live in is a cartoon world
4: It sure is Um, And so of course with new prohibitions come new penalties If you get caught selling stuff to anyone under 21 Or that looks like candy by their vague definition here It's a second degree misdemeanor the first time around And if you get caught again within a year It moves up to a first degree misdemeanor so, and also now in Florida only state licensed hemp products can be sold. So they can't buy it from other states that aren't like Florida state licensed.
3: Nice tightening uh, everything go. up.
4: Yeah, but you know, it's so frustrating because Farm Bill 2018, this was federal, 50 state legal, and they have to go and shutter in their little state. Well, it's not legal here. Yeah. Not fully.
3: Well, they're you know conservative, you know, so they have to stifle the market and shit.
4: Yeah, and DeSantis has his presidential bid. Fucking so bunch of full of shit uh, bastards, dude. Yeah, slam, because it's hemp we're talking about. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly.
4: Uh, um, did you hear about the Indiana representative who got caught drunk driving and fleed the scene?
3: Uh, I don't believe I've heard okay, this one.
4: I think this happened in twenty twenty one. And so he was driving drunk, crashed into some guardrails, and then fled on foot. And the police ended up catching up with him and did some field sobriety tests, which he failed. And so he pled guilty to DUI. But the man has always been pro-pot. So they did a toxicology report on his ass. And of course, THC showed up in his system. And that's been a running headline all week. That following this drunk driving crash, THC was in his system. So maybe it was the THC to blame, you know, not the alcohol or booze or whatever. Mm. They're trying to make the THC look bad. And, well, look at this guy. He's a big pothead. Huh. So. And Man. he he's always been public about using weed in legal states when he's visiting other states and stuff. So it's just an attack on him. Also, they... Give the measurement here of, like, you know, nanogram per liter of blood or whatever, and the numbers don't make sense to me. Um, They have 14 plus or minus 2 nanogram per milliliter of... Delta-9-THC. And it says, The presence of Delta-9-THC in blood at levels above one nanogram per milliliter is generally an indication of recent cannabis consumption for occasional users. <laughs> so, uh, and that's according to the University of Washington, which uh, published a paper on marijuana-impaired driving. Kind of a stretch. You no know, doubt. Because of the way THC metabolizes.
3: Man, every time I hear THC in his system, I think back to that Lady Punch video. It was like one of the first videos I ever saw on the internet. You ever see Lady Punch? It's like taken in some courthouse like lobby, so like outside of a courtroom, but in a courthouse. Yeah. And some lady is just like loud-mouthing, being like, uh, carrying THC in her system? And this lady just comes into the frame and just punches her right in the face. <laughs> and it's just like no context except for that. Oh here, I think this is the
1: together. Did you that, Perry
4: had or Dang.
3: Absolutely socked right in the kisser. Yeah. Anyway, it was called Lady Punch. And I must have watched that thing about ten thousand goddamn times over and over. I don't know why. It was just so it's mesmerizing.
4: Short. It's short and satisfying.
3: A lot of those videos back then had to be real, real short, you know, because it took forever to download shit.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, I remember the quality. (laughs) Ah, better days. So, you remember CUD? Cannabis Use Disorder? Oh,
3: yeah, of course. I remember CUD.
2: Cannabis Use Disorder. Also known as CUD.
4: Yeah, well, they're shifting the narrative on this. Um, And I've got a clip. It's kind of lengthy, so let's pause it as we want. It's about two minutes long. From Boston. A
7: gastroenterologist at Tufts Medical Center in Boston. Dr. Susha Jungi hears people complain every day about feeling sick to their stomach. But he says the younger patients he started seeing were different.
2: They had weeks and months of nausea, vomiting symptoms, and they were otherwise healthy. And most people are actually... Fairly frank about telling me what what they do.
7: So they told him a lot of pots for a long time. That's when Dr. Gee thought cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, or CHS.
2: The symptoms people experience are nausea, vomiting, and a strange symptom where they feel better after they take hot showers.
4: I want to pause it there because is that a symptom, feeling better after you take a shower? That sounds like a remedy to me. I need a
3: hot shower right now. Dude. I
4: always need a hot shower for waking up, allergies, yeah. just feeling nice, opening the pores. But I've weed has never made me nauseous or sick to my stomach as they describe it. In fact, weed has taken me from feeling sick to my stomach and made me feel much better because it helps but anyways chs this this new cud thing i'll let the clip continue doctors still have a lot to learn
7: about the condition and whether it causes any long-term effects that's because chs has only been recognized as a diagnosis since 2004
2: Patients tend to develop this after using cannabis for years and years. It's not something you're going to get after using it occasionally or once or twice. A recent
7: study found 6% of people who visited an ER for vomiting episodes were later diagnosed with CHS. But to understand the problem in Boston, Dr. Jungi and his colleagues reviewed Tufts admissions records and found nearly all hospitalizations for CHS occurred after legalization.
2: Patients were not only presenting more commonly after 2016, but they were presenting with more severe symptoms.
4: To me, that's just because people think, hey, it's legal now. It's okay if I talk to my doctor about it. I'm not admitting to committing a federal frickin' crime. Right. And you know, even with legalization, don't tell your doctor shit. Come on. uh, Not advice, but...
3: (laughs) that's a very common mistake people make is trusting a doctor in
2: the first place.
4: Trusting any third party, really. Ugh. right, I'll let it continue. Trust
3: must be earned,
2: not assumed.
4: Most indeed.
2: And one theory is that it's because the drug itself has changed. People are using it more. People have more access to it. And the potency of the active ingredient, THC, has increased tremendously. What?
4: (laughs) Total crock of shit.
5: It's not your granddad's
4: weed. Weed is weed. I don't care what the labels say. You know, we've seen stories about how they're fudging the labels to make the THC percentage look higher. It's fucking weed. It's a plant. You pull the nugs off, and then you smoke it. Good. Cool.
3: Yeah. And, you know, the quality has been going up, and the cleanliness has been going up. And if you have a completely super jacked up THC percentage by weight, smoke less. Yeah. It really does... Boil down to that little simple uh, rule. I mean, you you don't have to smoke the whole joint. I always do, but never because I have to.
4: They're just being so incredibly misleading here. We're not talking about joints. When CHS first came into the public radar, it was with that New York Times story that I brought. Yeah, which was... And the girl was talking about cartridges.
3: Nasty cartridges.
4: And so what we're not talking about is the solvents being used. Yep. Yeah. For the extracted oils.
3: Yeah, that BHO shit from butane.
4: Yeah, look at that. Don't look at a plant that's been around longer than us. That plant has not changed. I mean, sure, people are, you know, breeding it and getting certain genetics and whatever that they want. But come on.
3: It's not the weed your
7: grandparents smoked in the 60s and 70s. Duh
2: in the last two or three years.
7: The same is true for cost. A review of hospital records shows a 150% increase in the bill for treating CHS.
2: It might be because patients needed to stay longer in the hospital and they needed various different services. In some cases, symptoms can get so severe that they actually end up in the ICU.
7: Right now, there's only one cure. Stop using cannabis. But Dr. Jungi says the reaction to his advice is mixed.
2: Some people will (laughs) feel relief that we know what the problem is and they feel motivated to stop using any substance that might be doing this. Other people are convinced that's not the cause and they try to medicate themselves by using more cannabis. Then their (laughs) symptoms get worse and they can get sicker.
7: Well, Dr. Jungi that you saw there says people suffering from CHS need to stop using cannabis products or at least a, for at least a month or so to start feeling better. And if a patient is worried about withdrawal symptoms, there are medications that can help. So talk with your doctor about the options.
4: There's the ad. There's the ad at the end. Talk Ask to your, your doctor. doctor
7: about the options.
4: Stop using weed and take our drug instead. Ba-bam. We can help you not want to take weed by giving you our very addictive pill.
3: They really want to elbow in on that shit.
4: Oh, it made me so mad I had to leave it in. <laughs> also, are you really going to trust a doctor from Boston named Junkie? <laughs> Dr. Junkie says this. Dr. Junkie said that.
0: Trust a junkie
3: from Boston.
4: Yeah, I don't think so. I know I'm new, but I'm not that new. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Anyway, all right, now I got that clip out of my system. Nice work. There was some weed news in Missouri here because Governor Mike Parson signed a bill, which we talked about before when it was sent to his desk. Um, It requires fingerprint background checks for anyone who works in the weed industry at all, whether they're a full-time employee or a contractor. So now they've got a halt operations and get their fingerprints up to date, which is going to take like two weeks, apparently. That's what the dispensary workers in the article say. They say that the processor for the fingerprints, it's like a two-week service. Damn. So, And then uh, with this impact on banking, what they're talking about is the bill allows the Department of Health and Senior Services to share inspections And other information of that sort about the dispensaries and growers and such with the banks, which previously they weren't allowed to do or not authorized to do. You know, everyone needs authorization. So the banks would have had to go through all that work to meet federal financial guidelines for these industry workers, whatever. Um, And banks obviously aren't really made to to conduct inspections and figure all that stuff out for dispensaries. So they just weren't doing that. And figured, well, we can't work with the weed industry. Yeah. So we will see if any of that changes with this new authorization in place. But
3: probably still gonna have to keep big old safes.
4: I think so. I think
3: with all the money in it.
4: Weed will still be a mostly cash industry for a long while. Mostly because of the federal situation. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the Cause Obama every, raids. Because
3: everywhere it's legal, it's also illegal.
4: Exactly. It's, no one
3: ever wants to talk about that.
4: Yeah. You remember 2012 watching those Colorado dispensaries get raided? Yes. By the feds. Uh-huh. And they would take all their cash money. Yep.
3: Same in Cali.
4: Yep. Just,
3: you know, pick and choose here and there, whack-a-mole.
4: Every once in a while.
3: Yeah. Who knows why. Mm. who knows how they picked them
4: i i leave it alone i leave it alone (laughs) i leave it alone (laughs) nebraskans for medical marijuana have launched their signature gathering to qualify their two initiatives for the 2024 ballot this is their third attempt third time is the charm i like to believe of course they had one initiative in 2020 And they got enough signatures, got the signatures validated, and then the Supreme Court invalidated it for violating the single subject clause, which is why they now have two initiatives. One for rolling out the industry, you know, this is how the market is going to work, and the other one for legalization. It's so weird and annoying. Hopefully Um, the
3: legalization one will pass and the other one will die. Then what are they to do?
4: Oh, I'm sure they'll find some way to invalidate it.
3: Little chunk of freedom over there.
4: That's Nebraska.
3: That would be kind of cool.
4: Yeah. So <laughs> 2022, they lost two of their biggest funders. And so they were short on signatures. Um, sadly. Really sadly. It was towards the end, and it was mm-hmm. one of the like million dollar investors. And we've talked about this before. It's very hard to get enough valid signatures without paying the signature gatherers. Definitely. So they find themselves in that situation now, and they have until July 3rd of next year to get the signatures in. So I'm praying for them. I would love to see weed on the Nebraska ballot.
3: Nebraska been waiting a long time, but uh, unfortunately I I predict they're going to keep waiting.
4: mm Waiting on the world to change.
3: They are definitely a big contender for last across that finish line.
4: Yeah. yeah. There's a
3: few out there, but... Kansas. Kansas is close, but my money's on Nebraska, man. They hate it so much and always have.
4: Yeah, Idaho... By they,
3: I mean the government there.
4: Idaho's pretty bad, too. Idaho can be rough. But I don't know if Idaho has a CBD, one of those very lame CBD laws on the books, because Texas does. Texas has that... Oh, if you have intractable epilepsy, you can get CBD.
3: I mean, Nebraska's so nuts; they're like, "We're suing
4: Colorado." Yeah, <laughs> you've legalized weed now. People are coming through our state with it. Always have been. They've
3: never sued Mexico, but that's another story.
4: Yeah. Well, another story behind the curtain is that Governor Kathy Hochul in New York is pumping the brakes on the legal weed sales at farmer's markets.
3: Ah, uh, we knew that was too good to be true. For New York's...
4: Long. Yeah, the New York rollout is so slow. And it,
3: disorganized as fuck. They don't know what they're doing.
4: Clearly. They just opened a dispensary in the Bronx. So now the city has...
3: Six? <laughs> they have to like something like that.
4: If that. Less than Ten. <laughs> crazy and she's saying no to the farmer's market weed which is too bad because growers are just saying their product is backing up yeah what are we to do with this eh, guess you'll have to smoke it yourself except yeah. for the track and trace protocol prohibits we're, we're, that
3: <laughs> get creative man
4: yeah i guess you'll have to lose it at sea
3: yeah they'll have to uh dispose of it finger wag
4: yeah of course
3: <laughs> best price
4: in Ohio, the group Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol submitted their signatures for the legalization initiative they've been running with. Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol just doesn't have a ring to it. And it doesn't break down into a nice acronym. Kerma. Mm. Kermula. Kermla. Oh, Kermula.
3: Kermla. Kermla Hers. You know like
4: the VP. Kerm- yeah, exactly. Kermla Hers. <laughs> Yeah, so they needed about 125,000 signatures and they submitted
3: 222,000.
4: Whoopie dang. You know, you usually do want to aim for double.
3: Yeah, because they're going to invalidate the shit out of everything they can.
4: Yep. And people who
3: sign petitions uh, walking by you on the street are dummies. Yes. Well, they often don't sign in the right district or put the right address or all kinds of different problem shit.
4: Or you just can't read their handwriting, so it gets invalidated. Yeah. Or they signed it twice. Or they're
3: fucking with you and they fucking <laughs> write dumb shit on purpose. Yeah. Many possibilities. Also, if too many people fuck up a single page of your ballot, they can throw the whole page out even if it has ballot signatures. Mm, that's right. There's a lot of different ways they can cut the numbers down on you, so you always got to deliver way over what you need.
4: Yep. Hey, I got my hands on a brochure from Virginia today. Oh? It was called The Guide to Recreational Marijuana for Parents. And <coughs> you know what it says? What does it say? Because the... Here, I'll read it verbatim. Until more is known about the short- and long-term effects of marijuana exposure, it is safest to avoid using marijuana while parenting. So, a guide for using pot while parenting? Don't.
2: (laughs) Studies show marijuana can be very psychologically
4: addictive. Man, f*** them studies! It's got a bunch of contact information for, um... The health department, social services, the health department, the drug addiction treatment. It says that, you know, edibles take 30 to 60 minutes to be felt. So keep them away from your kids. Don't drive high. Secondhand smoke could cause problems, but we don't actually know. And, oh, here you go. Talk with your health care provider about information on cannabis for medical purposes. This ain't a guide at all. No. I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's so lame.
3: Bro, sure. Sure, bro.
4: Yeah, it's just lame. And perhaps the lamest part is this little fine print here that says, some of this information is from the Public Health Agency of Canada. What are we doing taking information from Canada? It's
3: a bad move, my man.
4: Yuck. Everybody and... knows
3: Canadians love to get fucking stoned as shit. Come on.
4: Yeah, and they also... <laughs> don't have guns not enough guns so i'm yeah. not t- i'm sorry but i'm not taking advice from canada when it comes to freedom yeah they're under the queen i'm sorry the dead queen the king <laughs> such a fucking joke sorry canada you're a joke to me <laughs> It's just offensive virginia step up
3: come on people
4: Put up or shut up. There you go. And my final story (laughs) for behind the curtain tonight comes from across the pond under that royal clusterfuck in the UK where police seized over $168,000 worth of pot in a UK-wide crackdown known as Operation Mill which uh, was targeting organized crime. Looks like mostly weed. (laughs) They stole 180,000 weed plants, arrested over 1,000 people, seized a whopping 20 firearms. So that tells you about the level of freedom over there. My goodness. (laughs) Uh, Stole $822,000 worth of cash, and coincidentally found 20 kilos of cocaine. Oh. So that's theirs now, too. And... Out of the 1,000 people arrested, 450 of them have been charged so far. Wow. So That's big, a
3: lot left, uh, left waiting.
4: Yeah. Big oof. Big oof. When is Canada going to declare its independence?
3: That would be kind of cool, man.
4: Yeah. I would support that. That's how they will gain their respect back from me. <laughs>
3: Well, you heard it here first, Canada.
4: Respect revoked.
3: Get to work.
4: <laughs> that's all I got.
3: All right. Well, that was a great one. We had a hell of a roundup. Uh, we also have a hell of a metal moment sitting right here in the old inbox, uh, and I didn't even realize, even though I said it at the beginning of the show, seven eleven.
4: Yeah, that's why I said uh, get your dabs from yesterday for seven ten or oil day upside down backwards, mm-hmm. and then grab a slushie. For seven eleven.
3: That makes sense.
4: I think slushies were free today.
3: You slipped that uh, right by me. Mm. Not hard to do. Uh but here's the latest from the Rev. <laughs>
5: In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Back in 1981, a cult classic was born. An animated fantasy adult anthology film directed by Gerald Potterton, produced by Ivan Reitman and Leonard Mogul, Heavy Metal was not exactly accepted by the critics. Despite receiving mixed reviews... The film was a modest success at the box office, with the film's influential soundtrack being packaged by music manager Irving Azoff. From the heavy metal soundtrack, this is Don Felder. Take a ride.
3: Heavy metal.
4: I don't like it. I've seen
3: it. Check it out.
4: Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Added to the list.
3: No doubt. Thanks, Rev.
4: Yeah, thank you, Rev.
3: A little bit more classic uh, sound and feel to it. Danceable. Yeah. Bang your head and stuff.
4: Funky metal.
3: Need some big hair for it. Well, thank you, Rev. If you want to follow along with uh, what the Rev is up to next, along with Kenny and Grogu as they roll around America, delivering your goods from here to there, uh, you can follow them. On No Agenda Social, he's at RevCybertrucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. Ah, uh, now it's a great time to talk to the bowlers, yeah? I think it's a perfect time.
6: Ah,
2: bowler, right on time.
3: You slide into our voicemail box or our DM text message line or whatever you want to send. Uh, Pull out your boobs, take a picture, send it to 816-607-3663. That's the way to do it. We're talking about the first time I ever did a thing every single week. Uh, We even have a short song, and it goes like this.
6: First time. First time I ever. Yeah,
3: first time you ever. And uh, we always are loose with the definitions. Of course, this week, we're talking about the first time you ever tried some yoga out. Did a yoga move.
4: Yoga.
3: Posed some yoga. And... uh, we want to hear from callers. Callers like this one.
5: Did somebody say Tuesday? You know what that means. Bowl after bowl. Oh baby. You better be calling in. Yeah. Right now. Call in. Come on. Call in. Give it a uh, ring. Yeah. You uh, heard the man. First time I tried yoga. That would uh never got like a yoga class. Uh, I just I think it was probably just like my sister and my now wife they were they were doing it and uh second my my head or keep on connecting anyway but yeah my my sister-in-law and that wife uh they're doing it when my wife is still living it it's uh, her folks house i think i'd like tried a few positions or whatever and uh yeah uh i mean it's good it's probably something i need to do is for, well at least the stretching part i can't say anything like specific yoga but just general general stretching and whatnot because i'm a i'm a tall fella and you know just uh want to be I know also be an older dad and just want to be able to be more, more mobile and stuff. And I know I run and, and don't stretch, so yes. uh, some sort of stretching would be good. But uh, yeah, so I guess a yeah. long time ago, years ago. But on the other hand, I haven't officially done yoga. I don't know. I have a used yoga mat that I've never actually used. It was already used, That, <laughs> if that helps any.
3: Sounds legit so, to me.
5: Which I don't think it does. And yeah, sorry, the headphones keep on clicking in and out And the audio's going weird, but anyway that's It's what your it shit, is. Christopher so, Battles Alright, well, I think it's something else In the next <laughs> while, you know, maybe we'll just call back again later cause, uh, Oh yeah, know, there you but, go But, uh, yeah make sure, make, make, make sure you guys, everybody just calls them, calls into them those podcasts I was listening to Behind the Screens earlier And I think they only had like Three or four, and I was two of them So, anyway uh oh, Support your local podcasters You know it's, it's At least give them something to rant about <laughs> like you there you All go. Right. I love you guys that okay. is and yeah you know, whether or not you're watering the lawn or your headphones are going in and out or you have some nephews coming over to do some belated fireworks during the day or you're just listening to this go ahead and give a good old hearty Ca-ca-ca!
3: powerful caca
5: or is that mute button right there it is
3: <laughs> <laughs> he found it
5: Kaka.
3: Kaka collar. oh man yeah that but beginning scenario sounded like half of the suggested porn on like any porn tube site
4: <laughs> yeah trying different positions with My, wife and sister-in-law yeah sister-in-law
3: <laughs> and wife uh, doing yoga
4: oh now now I walk
3: in on sister-in-law and wife doing yoga oh, the stepsister would have nailed it oh, oh what yeah a, what a tired genre Why is everything stepsister?
4: I don't know, but it beats the incest porn. I
3: guess. I don't really see a lot of that around. It's like they're trying to be halfway there. Ooh, Mm. step. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I do get that. Yeah, of course you've officially done yoga, Christopher Battles. That's all you have to do. Touch your toes, stick your ass in the air, you're there. (laughs)
4: That's pretty much it. I'm just shook that... Christopher Battles doesn't stretch before he runs. Yeah, you're going to have... That got my shin splints hurting, just hearing that.
3: You're going to have the regerts.
4: I could feel it in my shins. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up doing stupid dance classes. Yes. I started dance class when I was three. You know, the goofy ballet flats. Um, I did tap, ballet, and jazz, they called it. (laughs) which was like Bob Fosse style dancing. It was pretty cool back then. Not this new lyrical shake around like a retard stuff they got going on at the (laughs) ballet schools now. That's for sure. But anyway, so we always stretched and I guess it's sort of like yoga poses, you know? They didn't say names for them like downward dog or whatever but it was you know, sit. Um, touch your feet and push your knees to the floor and then flap them up and down. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're riding a butterfly. Butterfly stretch. Yeah, we do that in my gymnastics class I went to for a while, too. And then, you yeah, know, put your legs out fr- straight in front of you and reach for your toes and then lift your arms up to the sky, straight up above your head, that kind of stuff. But the first time I knew I was doing yoga was in middle school phys ed we had a wonderful phys ed teacher named Miss Letty. And she wanted to teach us things that we could do for the rest of our lives. So, you know, (laughs) I don't know this sounds stupid, but like walking and running, like track and field stuff, a lot of. uh, We did field hockey with her. um, But also then yoga was one of the classes. Weight lifting. And, you know, she taught all the basics of gym equipment. Um, so also Miss Letty, rest in peace cause, uh, and fuck cancer. I think it was breast cancer that, Blah. yeah, took her down. Um, but yeah, we did those like track and field things, jumping and hurdles and stuff. Now that's not something I see myself doing as an old person. It wasn't even something I saw myself doing in middle school because yeah. you know, my little legs didn't make it over those things. Yeah, But gosh darn it, I tried and I knocked them all down and everyone laughed and I laughed too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm trying to imagine you attempting hurdles and it's pretty funny. In it, my my head. legs
4: just went under the bar every <laughs> time, you know, and then I just laughed and I just kept going and I just looked like a, a floppy gazelle or like <laughs> a drunk gazelle or something. I don't know. I just went for it because that's all you can do. I won an award for phys ed. I was, like, the most improved sooner or something. And and Miss Letty gave a little speech about me, and she's like, she always tried with all her heart. And I'm like, yeah, and I failed everything, but at least I laughed about it. Uh, But, yeah, so we, like, did circuit runs and stuff. And so for our yoga day, she taught us some of the basic poses, and she played Enya in the background. And my favorite part of the class was at the beginning when she's, like, let's just lay down on the mat and breathe in and out and listen to the music. And you just got to take a nap to some of
3: That's some hippie shit.
0: Mm
4: hmm. Wow. Yeah. I know. And looking back on it, knowing that she was going through cancer treatments and stuff, I'm like, damn, that was a nice way for her to have a nice chill class, you know, and sure. meditate herself. Makes sense. But yeah, all those stretches and stuff, super helpful for yeah. life and uh, avoiding pain, especially back pain.
3: Uh, another super helpful voicemail is sitting here in the bowl.
6: Well, good evening and in the bowl to you. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, in the bowl. Since you asked the question that I said I would respond to, I figure I should respond to it. There you go. My first experience with yoga, I was a little kid, and there was a show on PBS, and it was after all the kids' shows, you know, like Electric Company and Zoom. The next show that came on was this yoga show. And I I got into it. I don't know. Like, she did cool stuff with her body, and I just did it, too, right in front of the TV. And my mom was kind of perplexed that I could move my body in those ways. But you know what? I can still do it because that was not my first experience with yoga or my only experience with yoga. It was only my first. I keep doing it. As a matter of fact, about, I don't know, five minutes before I called you, I did my six poses. There's these six poses this yogini taught me to stretch every major muscle group in your body and some of them are reciprocal you know right and left but for the most part you can do these six poses and i do it like before i get on an airplane or just like any time that i feel a little crinked and crimped um do those six poses and and it really kind of just evens things out and just makes you feel better so Yeah, the yoga makes me happy. The yoga should make everybody happy
3: in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Kick ass. I want to know what those six poses are. That's what
6: I was just
4: going to say. Now I want a photo toot from Vox of the six poses so we can all try them.
3: Yeah, there you go. That sounds great. I could use six poses right now, like this thing.
4: Yeah, like every time I have to sit in an office chair, I'd like to do the poses before and after that because sitting is a miserable experience for (sighs) me, you guys.
3: <laughs> yeah. ass meets computer chair what a career
4: <laughs> Oh, turns well, out all of my hobbies too Bowley seat in the chat said that PBS Lilia's yoga was her first experience too doing yoga in the living room
3: oh nice
4: that's really cool
3: kindred souls then standing desk if you saw my basement you wouldn't even hang out in here anymore
0: <laughs> uh.
3: There's no way a standing desk could be implemented in this situation. But um, we do get cracked tomorrow at the chiropractor, right? Yeah. Man, I hope he kicks my ass this week.
4: Yeah, I'm going to ask him to be rough with me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Hold on, I got to hit him. I'm going to
4: take the sunglasses off in a very serious matter when I (laughs) walk in there. Just rip them off. All right, beat me. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to make it hurt. <laughs> Seriously, though, putting that stuff together, that Lego furniture, man. Mm. Yeah. I was contorted being a short person, you know, and then working on that top bunk. Had to do quite a few reach-arounds. <laughs> and it was <laughs> weird.
3: You just keep giving.
4: That's what I do. I give and I give and I ask for nothing in return. <laughs> All right. I'm just always overflowing
3: mm. Yeah you forgot it made me forget what I'm even thinking about
4: The first time you ever did yoga
3: <sighs> The first time I ever did yoga If we're talking about stretching Then that's probably t-ball it was the first time I ever got involved in sports and whatever.
4: Aw, T-ball.
3: Yeah, I'm playing T-ball, man.
4: Is that like little plastic bat and plastic uh, no stand? No way. The ball? You're
3: using a real bat and uh, oh. a real ball. It's a little bit bigger than normal, but it's on a, on a T. They set it up. Instead of pitching a ball to you, you just set it up on a T. Oh, <laughs> bless you. I'm telling you, bro. Something's attacking me. <laughs>
4: you
3: know, you stand up on a little T and you go swing at it and go pink. Hit it as far as you can, which ain't that far.
4: Bless you again. Off mic this time. But that ain't no yoga, that's some uh, stretching. Well, isn't it just yoga poses without the names, like the sacred names? or?
3: I mean, I guess it depends.
4: Or is it not yoga if you're not practicing it mindfully with those...
3: The Christians don't do yoga, the hardcore guys, because they think it's like uh, witchcraft or whatever.
4: Right, but they stretch, I'm sure, if they run exactly. or anything. Exactly.
3: So it depends who you ask. Or is it different or not?
4: The Tao that can be spoken is not the eternal Tao. So the stretch that goes unnamed is... is... the
3: stretchiest possible stretch?
4: <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't, I have such a a wide view of Christianity that could just be so open and accepting, like to suck everything into Christianity. It's like you can see everything through a Christian lens. I don't know why so many Christians are uh, so exclusive or um, insulated. You know, like they have a very narrow viewpoint and they can't accept things outside of that. It's like, man, just open it up and see it all as God's creation.
3: Yeah, it happens to be. It's weird. It's weird but uh well, whatever yeah what I mean what are you gonna do
4: so you the t-ball stretch
3: the t-ball stretch and of course stretching was a huge part of every sport I did I did a lot of swimming too uh some basketball but I didn't do that for a long time maybe up until fourth grade or something but the first time I actually did yoga and did pose I think it was with uh some upstairs neighbors when I lived in the slums or across the hall neighbors
4: oh yeah
3: and uh they did the the sun salutation, like baby's first yoga dance. And it includes, I think, the downward dog. But I think, every, you know, that's the big meme, downward dog. It's the first time I was ever exposed to it. I was probably 18 or 19, something like that.
4: Yeah. Were these uh, uh, feminists that went to the all-girls school that taught you yoga? No, they or were. Or were they Mizzou kids? They were
3: Mizzou journal brats like we all were. Oh, wow. In the J slums.
4: Yeah, see, you mentioned the sun salutation dance, and I remember taking a yoga class at a local gym, and that's what they did. They were like, this is intro to yoga, so here's the sun salutation. And I'm pretty sure everywhere I've ever been told that's what we were doing has given me different pose choreography. Huh. Yeah, the sun salutation that can be saluted is a lie. (laughs) It's not the eternal sun salutation.
3: Well, words always kill it, don't they?
4: Yeah, Bullysteed knows the true salute. So All nine poses.
3: Contains nine poses. But. That, you know, I can't even remember a little bit of it.
4: It's like, uh, you know, when we talk about, when we've had our um, birth experiences, and I talk about my process and going through, like, <laughs> cat pose, cow pose, or whatever. Yeah. To me, I'm like, on hands and knees rocking. On elbows with ass in air. You know, like that's how I see it first. And then I look it up. I'm like, there's got to be a name for this. And it's, oh, cat pose. Oh, cat pose. That sounds a lot better than down on my elbows with ass in air.
3: (laughs) Meow, meow. I am a cat.
4: Yeah. Or fetal position. I'm sure that could also be a yoga pose with a prettier name. Sure. That's what our kids are in today and yesterday, feeling sick to their stomachs.
3: Well that's it. That's the bottom of the barrel of the voicemails.
4: Wow. Where are the bowlers on their yoga stories?
3: It's July, man. Everybody's out having boating accidents, I'm telling you.
4: Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. And you know, a well deserved
3: vacation, by the way, most people. There's a lot of people on the road. There's a lot of you know.
4: Absolutely. The first time I ever is are always there and retroactively available too. If someday you're like, Hey, I know you did yoga a few weeks ago. And now, I want to tell you about the first time I did yoga. Or maybe you're about to have your first yoga experience. Well, you can call 816-607-3663 anytime, day or night, and leave a voicemail about it. Yeah. Shit, just call and tell us your favorite position.
3: Yeah. There you go. Make it simple. Uh,
4: Do you have C-dubs, your list?
3: C-Dubs uses the Gracie stretch method.
0: Oh.
4: The Gracie
3: Allegiance stretch routine. He's a big, bad... Uh, jujutsu or,
4: Jujutsu. Just like Naruto.
3: Yeah. I think that's a Jutsu's. They took the Jew out of Jutsu. <laughs> and called it Naruto.
4: Noodle Jutsu.
3: <clears throat> I like his sexy Jutsu.
4: Oh, that's my favorite. That's a great one. C-Dub's first time I ever suggestion, of course, is uh, first time I ever did Jujutsu.
3: First time I ever did Jujutsu.
4: And Damn. C-Dubs would have to call in and talk about the first time he, might he ever did it. He might be
3: one of the only ones that even has a story about it.
4: Yeah, and when is the last time C-Dubs left a voicemail here?
3: You would have to ask me... Oh, I don't think... I don't think...
4: Well, that's funny. I don't uh, see C-Dubs in another voicemail box. <laughs> <laughs> but C-Dubs comes up with great F ties.
3: Um, I think I'll find the... Finally look for the list once I get the website published. The new website.
4: Ah, I gotcha. Also just a fact check on the Naruto, it's Jujutsu. Jujutsu. Double J.
3: How about the first time you ever uh bought something off the ice cream truck?
4: Okay. I like that one.
3: First time you ever had an ice cream truck. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to put that succinctly, damn it.
4: Um, um, first time you ever caught the ice cream man? No, that doesn't sound good. First time- <laughs> Can't catch
3: me, I'm the ice cream man.
4: <laughs> Do you know the ice cream man? Uh, first time you ever made an ice cream truck purchase.
3: Yeah, because you're not buying that, though, when you're a kid.
4: First time Speak you ever got yourself. ice cream
3: from the ice cream truck.
4: Okay, <laughs> that's great. I love it. Shit. Succinct. First time you ever got ice cream from the ice cream truck. Yeah. I'm typing it as I say it.
3: You just got to call 816-607-3663 and tell us all about it. And you got all week to do it. It's not a big rush.
4: Yeah. And the voicemail line's always open. So get drunk and then call. Whatever. (laughs) Get stoned. I mean, you're probably always stoned if you listen to this show. I, you know. c Dub's had a good suggestion, though. First time I ever animated.
3: Oh my god, I like that one a lot.
4: I do too. Write it down, or okay. I will.
3: Yeah, does sorbet count? Do you know the sorbet man? The sorbet man. The sorbet man. Of course, sorbet counts.
4: Whatever you bought from the truck. I mean, I call it an ice cream truck, but we all know it has popsicles and other shit you can it's buy like there. When
3: people argue about gelato, oh, it's ice cream. Oh, it's not ice cream. And then you look it up in Italian, and ice cr- gelato means ice cream. Like. Ugh.
4: Bought eggs. Milk and eggs, or whatever. Bitch. We could change it to first time you ever got a treat from the ice cream truck.
3: Okay, sure. I like it, because it doesn't use ice cream twice. It's less redundant.
4: Yeah.
3: Plus, that opens it up. Maybe people got some treats from the ice cream truck. You never hey. know. You never know. You
0: never yeah, know. You, you, never never know. Know.
3: you never know. You never know, and we don't know unless you call 816-607-3663 and let us know. And then the week after that, let's definitely do the first time I animate, because I think that's great.
4: Okay. I'm writing it in my notes now.
3: Oh, and it looks like we got a boost from Memes1337.
4: Oh, Memes Boost.
3: Also known as Memes Elite. He's sending 2730 sats out of Podverse. Uh, He says, Elite boosting the split with v for v Satoshis. Keep spreading the word of our savior, savior, Satoshi Nakamoto. Love the content you dig up every week. Keep that bowl packed and pass to the left. Memes Elite. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, that kind of whittles it down to one task left. Ah,
0: fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling.
4: Oh yeah, let's go bowling. Well, there was a mural in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the historic Borellas neighborhood. I probably say that horribly, but it was 33 years old this mural and kind of in a state of disrepair so the city tracked down the original artist and contracted him to restore it
3: nice very nice
4: yeah 33 years later perfect time for a restoration ah Bowler, right on time right on time oh yeah it's been 33 years and i was expecting you that's how that conversation went Yeah, I hope they paid him at least 3,300 (laughs) bucks. It is a huge mural. It looked like it was three stories tall and like three stories wide. Big old ladder and uh, whatever you call that stuff that you have to build to stand on to work on. (laughs) Sides of buildings like that. Quite epic and not his first mural and perhaps not his last. The artist talked about his first building mural being in 1971. So... This one, of course, being in 1990, he had some experience under his belt there. Yeah,
3: he had been doing the damn thing for a
6: while.
4: Yep. Next on the lanes, this might come as a shock to you, but profanity can sometimes be the best medicine, increasing pain tolerance by about 33%. You know what I said when I read that headline? Give me some. Well, fuck-a-luck-a-ding-dong. That's exactly what went through my brain. I guess that swearing elicits the uh, fight-or-flight response, you know? It signals your amygdala to release adrenaline. Yeah. And then, of course, adrenaline soothes you and has that analgesic effect. This is why I never feel pain. It makes sense now. Yeah, well, you know, they had this statement in there that... Uh, It works best for those who don't swear as a habit because, of course, they have a lower tolerance.
3: (laughs) Oh, so people who aren't numb and, like, actually still feel something when they swear.
4: Yeah, but let me tell you, when I shouted out a cuss word, and my cuss word of choice was, fuck, because that's just where I go. When that wood went under my (laughs) nail Sunday night and I said that, it helped. I don't think that the tolerance has anything... I don't think the tolerance makes a big... It's just like weed, you know?
3: Sure. I smoke, Still works.
4: I smoke weed often, and it always gives me what I need from it. Yeah. So, I was in ex- excruciating sudden pain, and I cussed, and it did relieve some of the nightmarish existence at that moment. Like 33% of it? Yeah, 30... Exactly. It really did feel like pain was lowered by a third. <laughs>
3: All right, I can dig it.
4: And at the very least, when you swear, you're distracting your brain in a bunch of different ways that this article didn't go into detail on. They just mentioned that amygdala.
3: Just to help for the pain.
4: Yeah, so they had this study that they shared at Keele University, which is about where I'd expect a study like this to go down. Man, f*** them studies university where you might just keel over because they asked people to plunge their hands into freezing water and repeat a word over and over again. And the ones who were given a swear word to say over and over could hold their hands under that frigid water for longer periods of time than those that were saying something stupid, like banana.
3: That makes a lot of sense.
4: Mm -hmm. So, interestingly enough, I also read that some patients that have severe brain injuries, which prevent them from speaking, can still retain the ability to cuss.
3: That's very weird.
4: Yeah. So, swearing is magical. Yeah. If only because of the cultural taboo we've placed upon cuss words. You know, that I think that ta- taboo kind of puts it into a higher threshold. Just like the weed, just like the cocaine.
0: That's
3: possible.
4: It's like, oh, we're not supposed to do this. (laughs) So. And also, I didn't know this, but the same parts of your brain light up for social pain as well as physical pain. Ooh. And the only time weed was mentioned in this article was there where they said people who are, like, rejected from society or, you know, social gatherings will smoke weed to numb the pain. (laughs) But you can also cuss. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, maybe you do both. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll decentralize. There you go. Weed, cussing, win-win to me. Also a win-win, this charity that's been operating for 33 years in New Zealand is still going strong. I'm talking about dog therapy. That's right. Cuddling some dogs. (laughs) I've seen them in the States. Maybe not any that have been going on for 33 years, but I've heard of dogs being brought into hospitals and nursing homes and stuff to just snuggle with people or entertain them with their little tricks. I have dogs in my life. Definitely. And they definitely soothe me and bring some sense of comfort when they're not pissing me off (laughs) or stepping right in front of where I'm about to step.
3: Yeah, it's a common move.
4: Yeah, but... Watching the kids interact with the dogs Like, you know, they were sick They still are sick And so the dogs were getting lots of snuggles in And you could also tell Then the kid was able to fall asleep so It's like, oh, you got this warm dog next to you That's just cuddled up And licking your cheek every once in a while Checking in on you Yeah, it's sweet Especially in this world where There's a pill to fix everything, you know Maybe you should just try snuggling first
3: There you go That's so much to ask.
4: Shouldn't be. But uh, post-2020, maybe. No snuggles allowed. Just glory holes. (laughs) In other news, a 33-year-old man from Boston has been suffering with diarrhea his whole life. Well, since he was two months old. So as long as he can remember. Longer. He, he has shat liquid day after day.
3: Oh my god. That reminds me of like a Tom Segura bit.
4: Yeah, that's exactly where my mind went too. You don't have diarrhea every day? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently this was due to a rare genetic quirk. Some weird <laughs> mutation that caused his immune system to go haywire, and attack his own intestines. Oh, no. Yeah. And so he'd tried everything his whole life, um, but, of course, was on multiple medications, including prednisone, which made him susceptible to getting sick all the time. It's oh,
3: that's a shitty one to be on long term.
4: Yeah. And that's the one that they mentioned him being on. Yep. Um, he also kept, maintained a special diet where he avoided dairy, eggs, Gluten, nuts, and fish. Fuck that.
0: Yeah. That's
4: too much to avoid. Um, they say that less than 200 people in the United States have this issue, whatever weird mutation he had, um, but they finally thought maybe a bone marrow transplant could help. So his brother donated bone marrow to him, and unfortunately it rejected But then he got a match with a stranger, and it worked. And now he's cured. He doesn't diarrhea anymore.
3: Oh, very nice.
4: Unless, of course, he goes to the Chinese buffet or something. (laughs) No avoiding that one.
3: The bone marrow transplant to end your diarrhea. Wow. What will the marvels of medical science think up next?
4: I just wanted to know if they're keeping him on the meds for backup or something. Just in case. Yeah, just, you know, you can't just like... Cold turkey, quit your prescription medications. Gotta wean off of those things. Yeah. And keep paying us to get them. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. How horrible. He was hospitalized eight times for that. Damn. Yeah. So, 33. Finally figured it out. Truly is the magic number.
3: Ah, You're full of them on these lanes.
4: Yep. I sure am. Full of something. Uh, In North Dakota... Students who graduated from the university there, the University of North Dakota, might have been excited to get their diploma in the mail, but then they opened it and saw it had the wrong school name on it and the wrong seal. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. A whopping 700 of them. Man, it's like I just heard 700 gutters all at once. It's a double gutter, bro. Yeah, this, of course, was a vendor error. The printer can be to blame. We point fingers and blame them. And what the diploma said was North Dakota State University instead of University of North Dakota. What really made me chuckle, though, is that you see all these signatures on there. And now maybe the signatures are printed... On there and that the chancellor didn't sign all 700 of them uniquely, you know, but either way, I feel like someone at the University of North Dakota should have checked the documents before they went to print. Yeah. Because that's a pretty big whoopsie. You would think. Oopsie poopsie. Printed 700 of these wrong. Gonna have to reprint that all.
3: Yeah. Doesn't anybody proof these things?
4: And yeah, like I said, there's four signatures on there. So, uh... They must just be printed.
3: Oh, well, definitely, yeah. They have a robo-signer. They don't just sit there and sign all of those.
4: I thought maybe a stamp.
3: They just print them, probably. Yeah. Maybe a stamp or robo-signer at best.
4: Yeah, well, it went unnoticed for quite a while. (laughs) Wait, what's the name of my school again? You know, these kids, I don't know if they had to give those documents back, but they could be rocking two degrees. You know, like, hey, I graduated oh, yeah, from go. UND and ND State University.
3: Got the proof, signed.
4: <laughs> signed, sealed, and delivered. Just saying. I mean, it's just a piece of paper anyway, but it's worth thousands of dollars. Of course. So might as well keep them both. Oh, you know what I never do? Get on roller coasters sure. at carnivals fairs festivals I just don't I, it just never
3: any temporary uh, ride that's been pulled in on a trailer
4: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And this story is exactly why roller coaster riders were stuck upside down for 4 hours at a Wisconsin festival after mechanical failure. Oh. <laughs> Now, it's worse because this ride doesn't sound interesting at all. It's not even a roller coaster. It's called the Fireball, and it's a looping ride. That's right. It's just a circle. The thing goes around and around and around and around over and over again, fast. That doesn't sound fun at all to me. That sounds Sounds like like I'm going to barf. Yeah,
3: sounds like how to puke in 90 seconds.
4: Yeah. I don't mind the ones where you're in a cage and it goes like, It spins in a circle, and then it goes up and around, upside down. I kind of like those ones. But this thing just looks lame. Like a glorified mouse wheel or something. Anyways, there were eight passengers on board, and the fire department showed up, but they didn't have a ladder long enough to reach them because it was over 100 feet off the ground. Oh, my God. (laughs) So they had to call in other fire departments, and they thought, well, you know, maybe we can... Release harnesses individually. Oh, no. Ride wasn't designed to do that. They had a button they could push to release the harnesses, but it would release every harness. And then people would have fallen to their death. That's not cool. No. So these people had to wait, like I said, four hours for two other fire departments to show up so that they could actually get them down safely. Everyone survived, though. There was one article that said one person went to the hospital, and there's another article that said no one went to the hospital. So I'm just going to presume everyone was totally fine.
3: So on average, a half person went to the hospital.
4: Exactly. That's not bad. But Can you imagine hanging upside down for four hours? No. No, I would pass out.
3: Yeah. All the blood
4: goes to your head. That
3: sounds pretty lame.
4: Yeah. Like, out of all the points on that loop for the thing to stop, and it stops at the upside down point,
3: That really sucks, man.
4: Yeah. Could have just stopped at the bottom, you know, or they could have just hopped off, but no, had to malfunction upside down. Seems like it always goes that way. Does it? (laughs) Yeah, but I'm only going off of the news stories. In your
3: nightmares?
4: (laughs) If it makes a headline. Yeah. It was a nightmare, yeah. If the blood rushes to the head, it leads. (laughs) Oh, speaking of which... People don't usually get headlines when their pets go missing. But if it's a 15-foot-long, 8-inch-thick python, then it definitely gets a headline, and we read about it all the way across the country.
0: So long and thick.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Just the way we like it. Yeah, this was in Los Angeles. A family has warned that their reticulated python has escaped the backyard. So everyone in the community should be on the lookout for it. And don't kill it. Just call animal control. But also, you know, keep your cats and dogs inside. Yikes. Yeah. Reticulated pythons are one of the longest snakes in the world. And they can grow up to 20 feet long. So the, when they're young, they eat small rodents. And when they're big, they eat big mammals like pigs. So definitely capable of swallowing up a small dog. Probably even a medium dog. Oof. And cats...
3: Forget about it.
4: They're goners. And speaking of goners, a guy walked into a nail salon this past week with his hand in a purse and started screaming at everyone to hand over their money. But you know who works at nail salons. Asians who don't speak English. So they all ignored him.
3: (laughs) They were probably like, why are white people so loud?
4: (laughs) Oh, he wasn't white. Oh, shit. (laughs) But... It doesn't matter well, what Well, then I guarantee what I
3: know what they said.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, uh... <laughs> if you watch the video, these workers are just sitting there up front while the owner and maybe, like, two of them are working on people's nails. A lot of ladies just seem to have nothing to do there. And they don't even look at him. And he's just screaming at him. But one lady, she stands up and she puts her hands in the air and he just grabs her cell phone out of her hands. And then she just walks out of the building. Like, okay, fuck this. Um... And someone, one of the customers who was in there getting her nails done when this incident happened, said the owner was working on her nails. And at first he was afraid, but he decided to just ignore the guy, thinking that it would keep everyone calm. And it totally worked. Dude just left. Damn. Like, oh, everyone's ignoring me. My purse isn't threatening enough, so I guess I'll leave. Yes, and this is how we should treat the mentally ill.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I guess that... well. Uh... Was successful that time.
4: We know you want to send your blankets and you might even want to send your cash, but just ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> uh people on the streets gonna ignore your ass. da daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So that was a would-be robbery with a surprise ending. I like it though when no one gets shot. I don't think the guy even had a gun. He didn't wear a mask, he didn't wear a hood. It's like he wasn't even trying. But they haven't caught him. So there's that. Huh. No.
3: Because the description's like,
4: he look like a man. Uh, It was a man, but can we just assume his gender like that? Good point. The mainstream media cannot, but I absolutely can.
3: You know, just because his hand's in a purse doesn't really impl- imply anything.
4: No, certainly not. <laughs> in South Austin... Folks are having to pick up their mail at the post office because there's a hawk attacking mail delivery people. I mean, this hawk is an equal opportunist. There's stories about the hawk dive-bombing construction workers, too, and hitting their hard hats, and then also going after joggers and people walking from their car to their front door. But... USPS is like, you know what? Nope, you can pick your mail up. Wow. And I thought that was kind of silly. Because, yeah, okay, so the news points to things like, oh, climate change, and the, uh, oh, we're Jesus. losing trees. So the hawks have been, misle- you know, they've lost their habitat, and now they're moving into our neighborhoods. Um, let me tell you, there's an episode of Bluey, and the episode title is Curry Quest. And it gives you all the answers. So my five-year-olds already know what to do if there's a hawk that's guarding its nest, which clearly is what's going on here. Why else would a hawk be attacking people? It has a nest in a tree in this neighborhood. You put eyes on the back of your head so the bird thinks you're always watching it. Duh. It only attacks when you turn your back to it. Easy mode. Pussy bird. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to swoop down at the back of your head. So don't have a back of your head. Put some freaking uh, Ooga Booga mask on yeah. at the back of your head, you know?
3: Get googly eyes on the back of that goofy hat that all the male people wear.
4: Yeah, exactly. They wear hard hats, too. That's another reason why I'm like, wow, really? You can't let your hard hat get hit?
3: No, I'm a hard hat.
4: <laughs> but but pit bulls, no problem. But a hawk swooping down on that hard hat. Mm.
3: I'm sorry, I just can't. I can't lose a fight to a bird. Same. I don't think it's going to happen, man.
4: Same. Now, they said this was a red-shouldered hawk.
3: I don't give a fuck if it's an ostrich, man. Like, I'm not going to back down to a bird.
4: Yeah. You ever heard the term bird brain? Is that what you have, post office workers? Come on. It's so lame.
3: Yeah. This message is for all birds out there.
4: Come to my fucking door, and I'll fight you. And their wingspan, this red shouldered hawk, is at most three and a half feet. Ugh, I was picturing like a vulture with a six foot wing here. You know, like okay, that's a pretty big fucking bird. No, I could take this thing. I don't want to, but I will. Yeah, and could you
3: get clawed pretty bad, talon wise? Yeah, but,
4: but it you're only attacks- not gonna
3: lose.
4: Yeah, and it. It only attacks the back of your head, so if anything, just walk backwards. Just
3: turn around and go. Blah, blah.
4: Yeah, exactly. <sighs> but I like the mask. Like, what's that dude in Crash Bandicoot? I always call him Boogera, but that's not his name.
3: Aku Aku.
4: Aku Aku. Yeah, just get like an Aku Aku. You can take like a plank, put a feather on it with some eyes, and then just wear it around your neck, so that it's on your back.
3: Boogera, booom, boom.
4: Yeah, boogera. <laughs> And then that bird's going to stay away. Bada-bing, bada-boom.
3: Solving the world's problems one hawk at a time.
4: Yeah, my five-year-old knew to do that. And my last story for the lanes tonight comes from Oklahoma City. And it comes with a clip. Oh, boy. It's really frightening when you hear the bang.
1: Stopping this flying creature from hitting Carol Dillon's back door has become her obsession over the past month. It's tormenting her family at night, even with the lights out and her changes to make the porch not so friendly to flying foes. There's an owl there, an owl there, and then here's Harry. He's supposed to be a scarecrow, but nobody's afraid of him. In the afternoon, I'll bomb the area to kill any insects. But the creature just keeps at it. I've seen enough of the videos to know because of the scalloped wings, you know, that that's, that's a bat. We asked Micah Holmes at the State Wildlife Department. It's hard to tell, but he believes it's a moth. They can grow up to seven inches long.
6: And this is a good year for moths because it's 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 been pretty wet for the summer. It, this is the time of the year they're out and, and trying to mate.
1: Off camera, we also <laughs> reached out to an Oklahoma State University insect diagnostician, Alex Harmon. He says bats use echolocation and wouldn't be flying into the glass. Yes, Harman, that's correct. leaning towards a luna, sphinx, or polyphemus moth. He says they're big enough to produce those loud thuds. He says although Carol's lights are off, the moth may be attracted to that tiny light on Carol's camera. But how a moth <laughs> is surviving all the bug spray. Mm-mm-mm. Meanwhile, Carol <laughs> wants to close off her porch. Oh my we have God, a Carol. coming Friday morning to give us an estimate and next Monday have another guy coming for another estimate ah
0: they keep putting <laughs> that fucking
3: tiny thud in there they're i like, loved it it's terrifying the loud noise it makes and they're like yeah and they're like what the fuck was that noise they like you can tell they enhanced it because there's a bunch of room noise in the background so it's like cranked up as loud as they can get it and it's like boom <laughs>
4: yeah well before the it's
3: pack- terrorizing my family boom
4: like, what the fuck? Turn the radio on, bitch. Jesus, calm down. Before the package played, they showed inside her house and some of the things she was trying to do to quiet that foot. Oh,
3: my God. And She's probably bought, like, how many gallons of pesticide she just blasted into her fucking yard just to not kill any of these moths? A
4: lot. But my favorite thing was that she took the cushions off of her patio furniture and put them between the glass door and... Like, the storm door and the regular door to try and, like, silence the glass when oh it hits God. it. Oh, my God.
0: Put
3: a record on.
4: But, yeah. I do know that moths like getting wet, dog.
3: Who's and that on my porch? Zosobi, Booberry, Freak of Hazard, Mothman, the Miniocalypse, and the Horror of Yig. We want to get real technical.
4: Ah, you're terrorizing my family. <laughs> yeah, the teeny tiny thought it's that so funny.
3: could probably bonk my wiener against the window and make a louder sound than that that was so weak
4: yeah I know but it was a silly story
3: that's hilarious yeah that's great man well you can take the moth off the porch but will you ever take the porch off the moth I doubt it ah it's another one in the books another bowl cached Thanks for hanging with us. Join us again Thursday night. Yeah, that's two nights from tonight, right now, where I'm talking. But you might even be listening to this on Wednesday. I'm talking about Thursday, July thirteenth. We're doing episode two fifty six for a bit with uh, none other than Cold Acid. Can we rejoin us? Should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure, you're looking forward to it
4: absolutely
3: and of course we'll be back at it next Tuesday and every Tuesday here in the bowl same time right around 9 central after DH Unplug wraps up we take over with some tunes to get you ready and then we go live with the show throughout all of that madness you know I will remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City
4: and for the rest of all time I'll be Dame DeLorean Till next bowl, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter.
0: That was the last copy I slapped. Oh, shit, yes. Oh,
3: shit, yes.
6: Oh, man.
3: Yes. This is big.
6: It's fucking bullshit, man. Don't
2: tell me we're high. Listen, we may be a little high. I mean, late. There's
7: no doubt about it. They were going hog wild. Uh,
2: uh. He's so good. None of this is good. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on.
0: Lorian and Spencer.